Hello friends and welcome back to the Missing Manual podcast. We're here today in the wake of Gamescom to chat about some of the announcements and other titles coming soon. Without further ado, let's get into the newsreel. Hello everyone and welcome to uh, the, the newsreel. I guess that's what we're going to call it, Zach, right? The, the news part of the podcast. Has a bit of a ring to it, I think. We'll, yeah, we'll stick it with it, and, you know, even if we just use it as a placeholder for the meantime. The placeholder yeah. name, but it, it sounds like a good name, so I reckon we keep it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, and, and, until we can, uh, and, and, until that, that title's dead or, you know, we, we find a better replacement, <laughs> we'll, we'll stick with that, yeah. But but yeah, welcome everyone. Uh, so today we're going to be doing a bit of a, a, a news slash like informative program, and we're going to hope this kind of carries on to be a bit of a running thing on the uh, on the podcast, um, where we kind of discuss a bit about game announcements and you know local gaming news and that kind of thing. And and to be fair, now is a perfect time to do it because Gamescom twenty twenty one has just happened. Yeah, so we you know we got we got a whole plethora of games to to talk through. To be honest, there's tons. Uh, absolutely tons of new things come in uh, this year and next year as well so uh, i haven't I, I admittedly i haven't seen everything from gamescom but i've i've had a little dig into it oh, no, 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 no. um, i've not seen everything either there's too much there's far too much yeah. this year there were so many uh, publishers and developers this year that showed off stuff at gamescom it would be hard for us to to rattle through every single thing that came out but i think we're going to hit things that i guess maybe me and zach are kind of you know interested in or, or want to see potentially um, yeah, so I, I mean, there's going to be a lack of uh, sports games in in this newsreel. Uh, Zero sports game coverage. Yeah, yeah uh, neither of us are built for sport, are we? Not really. Uh, both, <laughs> both in the real world and in the game world. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We won't really be talking about sports games. I mean, I didn't even know any sports games that got. Actually, no, I do know one. <laughs> I do know one sports game that got announced, mm. uh, and that's free to play FIFA. Basically, that Konami are doing now. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, they're doing like a free-to-play FIFA. I mean, it's Pro Evolution Soccer, I guess. Was there it, one? It's great. It's free, and I still won't play it. A free-to-play game, and I won't play it. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next game. Next game, please. Um, yeah, what do you want to start with, Zach? What, what caught your eyes? I think I think what I want to start eye? real strong. Uh, the, the biggest thing for me right now, um, I, I don't know if they were at Gamescom, but the, the big the big one for me is the Dead Space remake. I oh, really, yeah. really want to start start strong with that one because yeah, that is so important. It wasn't, um, it wasn't at Gamescom, but it featured pretty much after the event. It was like two days ago. Uh, EA Motive, obviously, the new company that are taking over Dead Space, uh, did a stream on Twitch where they showed off a lot of new content for the game and new tech for the game and what they're kind of putting into one yeah it, it looks good, it was great it was really cool you know to, yeah. to have a, a full kind of a developer's presentation this mm. early on in the it looks very nice in the timeline you know very very interesting and what they've got already looks absolutely fantastic there's some really nice stuff coming in and, and i think you can really kind of um <laughs> like you can you can really get excited for the stuff that is going to come you know with it because my god it's just been such such a leaps and bounds over the original game um, and when the original game came out, you know, all those years ago. Yeah, I mean, we're looking, you know, it's a difference of about 12, 13 years as we were Massive as we, we, were, yeah. we were talking about earlier. Um, real, you know, real chance to, to show off the, you know, this is this is like a before and after now, this game. 
Yeah, I mean, the screenshots I saw from Ben Post after as well look wild, like just with Isaac standing down a corridor, uh, the same corridor in the old game compared to the new game. The difference is staggering. The lighting is real now. They've got full PPR lighting, so full physics-based rendering is on show here. Yeah. Uh, you know, full metalness and all that kind of stuff is, is built into this game. Actual lighting, actual ray tracing, actual, you know, modern technology, basically. And I think it's going to make this game so goddamn scary. Yeah, you, um, you know, it, it's actually, it's quite astounding, really, because I've obviously gone back and played the first one fairly recently. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, for me, like, going back and playing that, it's still amazing. Even oh, the today, game still holds up. The game sure, yeah. still holds yeah. up, yeah. Gameplay-wise, yeah. gameplay you know, a little clunky in places, but, you know, that is, it's an impressive feat for it to be that good and, and still that relevant, even now. Mm. Um, you know, the fact that it's getting a remake, does it need a remake? Um, you know, probably not, but I but am, it needs a, a remaster. I'm, I'm very, very, very excited to see what they're going to do with it yeah. because that's what they, I think it is. Because I don't think a yeah. lot of the formula needs changing at all from Dead Space because the first one literally, um, I mean, inspired so much going forward, and it was so influential for games at the time and horror games at the time, survival horror games at the time. Uh, I don't think the recipe needs changing that much anyway. Um, all they need to do is add a bit more into it, make it modern. Um, to make it play nice. You know? Yeah, they themselves have admitted that there there are huge chunks of the game that they don't want to change. They want to yeah, keep it true, relevant yeah. and also to keep it faithful to its source material. 100%. All they're looking to do really is to modernize it, to make it a little bit more relevant to today's market. And they want to tie it into the existing universe as well, which I think is quite good because obviously Dead Space 1 was the setup for everything else, Dead Space going forward. Um, but you had some quite good games and also the anime films as well that came after the first game which told stories which that linked into the first game, which you never, uh, they never obviously cross over because of when the first game was made. Um, yeah. So it'd it, be really cool to see that brought into it as well. It's an incredibly dark universe that it's set in as well. You know, it's very, very um, dystopian, isn't it? In its, oh, in its presentation. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah, fact it's, that they it's, it's are... incredibly dystopian. The way the, the kind of the world works, these strange religious cults that exist still, uh, humans running out of natural resources, right? So literally mining whole planets to occur natural resources um because that's basically the, the planet cracker ships isn't it from the first game yes um, yeah. and what their whole kind of shtick is they go out and they mine whole planets of of resources you know that kind of dystopian element is pretty wild yeah it is it's you know you you see you see desperation in in, in every turn really don't you even like even if you were to remove the necromorphs from the situation humanity is a bit of a desperate last stand as you mentioned from a from a resource perspective and people have turned to this kind of sinister religion as their sanctuary and their protector it is, it's very strange isn't it it's very i don't know does it could it reflect real world issues in the future who knows well, you this know. is it. I mean, if it's a future that we are that we're going to be facing down the barrel of, I, I, I'm not too sure I want to be around for that. But not for the you know. necromorphs, anyway. No, definitely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Especially the head one. The head one was always the scariest. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the fact that it can just you know it just, just comes out of nowhere, tries to pop oh. your head off and replace your head. It's Still just, to yeah. this day, I think it is the creepiest Spooky. death animation that Isaac has uh, in that game. I, I, yeah. That's something that's going to be really good to be fair in the new game. Seeing they, the um, there was there was actually um, there was a little bit of a um, I'm, I'm not sure whether they did it on purpose. They must have done it on purpose. But in um, in the Resident Evil Three remake, there's a similar kind of death animation to that. Um, oh. you, you know the um, the nemesis parasite zombies. You know the one oh, they, they yeah. look like they've got the meatballs on their head with the little yeah like, yeah they got the big old tentacles yeah big old yeah <laughs> they look weird dude yeah well <laughs> I can't, it, I don't think I'd describe them in a very polite way to be honest. No, they're, they're pretty... So I held um, back. 
<laughs> yeah, they don't help themselves, do they? Uh, no, they don't look good at all. Uh, no, <laughs> they. Uh, I'm going to say they look like meatballs with buttholes on them. That's our best, better way all to right. say it. That's that's, that's probably that's the nicest elegant. way I can put it. Yeah, that's a lot more elegant than I would have said. Well, the um, those those enemies they can grab you and they actually try to like dislodge the meatball and put it on Jill's head, right? Yeah, yeah. So. If you are if you are actually on danger and that happens to you, you you get the parasite popped on your head and she walks off like a zombie. Just you know, like I Isaac think I actually does. had that happen to me once in the really? game when um uh, I was in like towards the end of a game in the in the warehouse factory place. Yeah, um, and I was just beaten the fuck out of, and I was low injured, had and admittedly kind of wanted to die so I could respawn and try again. Oh, okay, because um, I kind of fucked up. I was like, uh, I I kind of know what I'm doing now, and I wasted a lot of stuff. Um, but then they grabbed me and I just kind of let it happen. <laughs> mm. I let myself slip away. Yeah, so I, I definitely think that that was a little bit of a um, a bit a bit of a nod to uh, Dead Space fans. I can see it now. To be fair, now that you bring it up and like you mention it, yeah, it definitely has the same kind of vibe as the head the head necromorph does. Yeah, so the fact that we're going to be able to see that um, that re- that enemy return, but in in um, you know obviously. With better graphics, probably oh, creepier yeah. sounds. Hundred percent, um, yeah. Yeah, you know that's that's a nightmare waiting to happen. I oh, don't reckon oh, I'm going to get a lot a, of sleep. After it's going to be a that. creepy one for sure. I, I cannot wait to get that game and to jump into it. I'm very excited about the system they've got going for the Necromorphs as well now. Yeah, um, with the flesh and peel system. Oh, that's awesome, isn't it? Proper good. Yeah, it's obviously a system which a lot of games make use of nowadays. Uh, Mortal Kombat is very famous for making use of this kind of system, having the multi-tiered uh, body parts. So you've got skeleton, yeah. uh, bone structure, and muscles and skin uh, as three different elements, and you can peel those away to to unveil other elements. So you can peel the skin to see the muscle, and then the muscle to see the bone. Um, and I think for a game like Dead Space that relies so much on on decapitations and dismemberment, that's like the perfect system. Yeah, in, the injury detail is is actually it's astoundingly good. It's it's really really good, and we have seen it evolve over over the years, haven't we? You know, even oh from... yeah yeah. I mean, the original still looks good, even and the original doesn't have that system at all. So so having this is only gonna increase that fidelity even more definitely yeah 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 you know um i i can liken it to you know you, you look at like when left 4 dead 2 came out and um the kind of the, the dismemberment and the uh, the injury detail that you had in that game you know and how long ago that was oh yeah you yeah. compare that to what we've got now with this yeah new there, dead there, was, space. there was quite a lot in um in left 4 dead 2 as well that was there, there is quite a lot of visceral blood and it's something we we spoke about in our back for blood episode didn't we it was yeah um yeah. on how we wish Back for blood had that same level of of fidelity when it came to gore in the game yeah um, if you've not heard that one check out episode three i think it was episode, uh, episode three it was episode three blood, yeah. Uh, conversation yeah back for blood on episode three we should episode we three. realistically we should have planned that to be episode four shouldn't we we should have really yeah it would have already yeah. a lot better hindsight's a wonderful thing <laughs> <laughs> so so that's a phenomenal new system that i can't wait to see the video they showed off uh if no one if you if, if you guys listen haven't seen it go check it out it's on youtube um it's fantastic. It's, it looks yeah, it's great. about a forty-minute episode. It's about a forty-minute video. Yeah. but um, you, you can you can watch the full thing. I think there are some people that have cut sections from it, so you can just watch like the cuts if you want. Like I imagine, if you just type in like Necromorph Damage System Dead Space Remake, you'll probably find it. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. If you just want to see that, but I mean, the whole thing is a good watch anyway. You, you learn quite a lot about what they're doing and, and what they're planning on going forward. Uh, they address a lot of concerns in there as well, like microtransactions. And how this game will have no microtransactions? Thank God. Um, <laughs> you, you'd think. Um, I, I, I guess EA has got a bit of a bad rap for that, haven't they? I so mean, it's, it's, like, it's a joke, isn't it? But they've got to yeah. tell. They've got to tell people that it's it's not a thing, um, which I find quite funny. 
but obviously Dead Space 3 did have microtransactions in it because it had it did, um, yeah. tokens for weapons and stuff, didn't it? And that was just, that was a bad decision from the start. But, you know, the more you look into the history of Dead Space and Visceral Games for like a lot of the time, you realise yeah. it wasn't really them making the calls on those kind of things. Me, me and you, for, for for the longest time, we've been, maybe not bitter, but we've been very disappointed with the with the kind of the the eclipse of the Dead Space franchise. So yeah, the fact the, that there the is a remake. Has, the franchise has died out a lot you know and and there has just been a lack of stuff coming and, and nothing really going for it a, a remake was always rumored for a very long time a fourth game was rumored for a very long time as well um when visceral shut down in i think it was 2017 uh if i remember off the top of my head there that pretty much squanched all rumors there was nothing really else that came after that ea always cited it was a lack of interest and they would need a bigger fan base, a bigger player base to support a game like that. Going Which I, I am initially like straight off the bat. I'm just going to call bollocks on that because bollocks. How, how, on <laughs> bollocks earth, how on earth is there no interest in Dead Space? I that's just, the thing. It's, that's rubbish. It, that from is. their perspective, this was during the height of EA's anti-single-player game revolution. So this yeah. was like firmly grounded in that that era of EA, where EA very much uh, put out against. Um, you know, having any kind of single player, only single player, yeah. only game. Uh, all games had to be gas style products. They all had to have multiplayer in them. They all had to have microtransactions and they all had to work in that kind of way. And yeah. if the game didn't have that, they believed it couldn't support continuous players and therefore it couldn't warrant having another game made about it, um, which is just how Death Space went, basically. It, yeah. it couldn't. It couldn't maintain that that manifesto. I think it's ludicrous, personally. It is a ludicrous design, it, yeah. It I is, mean, it's, it's EA, have, EA have finally backtracked on it, obviously, with, with yeah. recent games that have come out, like Star Wars The Fallen Order, um, or Fallen Jedi Fall. I can't remember what that one is called. I think it's called Fallen Order, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, that one, the single-player uh, Dark Souls-esque Star Wars game, that obviously kind of broke the mould, and you know, EA started releasing single-player games again, because, you yeah. know, lo and behold, the market direction shifted completely. Um, you know, we saw Sony bust out some absolutely phenomenal single player games which pretty much renaissance the the single player genre again um, I, I don't although i, I, I don't, don't think it, think i, I, I don't, don't think it ever died to be honest no i, I don't either this was what i was just about yeah, to say you yeah. mentioned sony you know you look at the naughty dog games right single player games have been alive the whole time yeah they, they've been they alive it, it's been the industry's way the industry has viewed single player games for a long time or at least a big yeah. part of the industry sony were pivotal in sticking to their guns and not changing up the meta they they continue continuously stuck with a single player game, you know, God of War, Uncharted, all those games, Bloodborne, all those big big bold bombastic single player games that Sony put out, yeah. even when EA was still at their height of no single player games, shows how much they committed to the cause, you know. Yeah, this and, is and like it. I said, not, not, yeah. I'm totally with you on it. Yeah, it is. It's a genre that never died out. It was a very backwards decision, I think, on EA's part to think like that. Definitely, you know, especially because you know, I mean, like like myself. I don't like battle royale games. I don't like you know big big scale multiplayer games. This this just yeah, not for same, me. Really. It's not it's not who I am as a gamer. Battle I, royale I, games never gelled with me at all. No, that's it. Like I, I've always been firmly in co op games and single player. Yeah, I've enjoyed I mean, playing I, I've with played, mates, but not against them. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've played. Um, I quite like. I don't mind cooperative multiplayer games. To be fair, battle royale games never interested me. I played a few. Uh, I played all of the big ones, and I played them all when they were current as well. But the thing yeah. that always happened with me. Uh, and the group of people I played them with is that we just get fucking bored. It's and just same, isn't just, it? We just same won't, stuff. Yeah, we just won't stick to it, you know. And I'm a bit of a hypocrite when I say this because I do love League of Legends as well, and I play League of Legends quite a lot with some friends. Um, and I played League of Legends for many years since I was in college, yeah. um, and that is a repetitive game, definitely. Uh, but it is a game that I've invested a lot of time into. Um, 
Whereas Battle Royale, I don't know, there was something about that gameplay loop that just never got me, never got me hooked. And I played all of them. I've tried PUBG. I tried Fortnite back in the day as well. Yeah. You know, I tried Apex Legends, COD Warzone. I've, I've tried them all. I've tried every single one of them. And none of them stuck. That's it, you know, and you do, don't you? As a gamer, we, we all have our niche. We all have our kind of area of genre that we, that we, that, that's our go-to. It's our preferred, you know, play style. Oh yeah, totally. There's a genre um, which, uh, you know, everyone likes it. more than everyone, right? I mean, I've got a, uh, a, a rabid soft spot for fighting games. You know, I love, I love fighting games. Yeah. Um, they aren't my favorite genre anymore. I don't play them all the time anymore either, but I, I've got a soft spot for them. You know, I love, I love, I love playing them, but they get me so mad. Like, that's the thing. Like, it, it's, it has to be in They're big games. Bursts. Yeah, you, it depends how big you want to go with them, right? Like you yeah. can fucking dedicate a lot of time. You can go full sweat games. mode, can't you? Oh, you can sweat big time, yeah. Yeah. 100%. But, but genre, you know, franchises like Tekken and Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat have, uh, have always Soul been Calibre franchises well. I've loved. Soul Cal as well, another good one. Um, they've always been franchises that I've loved had the utmost, utmost love for, you know. Um, many a summer holiday was wasted playing Tekken 5 on the PS2 when that came out. Or oh, um, we can't say it's wasted. Oh, no. Not, not <laughs> wasted. Definitely not wasted, no. Time well spent, that was. It was It was most certainly time well spent. It was a much simpler time before work and before money, um, before con- adult concerns, you know, playing oh, yeah. Tekken 5 in the summertime. And also Tekken 5 was fantastic as well. Had one of the best openings in a, in the Tekken game. If we if we wouldn't get done for like copyright, I'd just play the they play the opening song now because it's oh yeah, good. Well, or just just any track from Tekken Tag Tournament. I mean, any track from Tekken as well is just fire. To be fair, the, the soundtrack is is phenomenal. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going going off kilter. Uh, <laughs> Dead Space, amazing. Look, the remake looks phenomenal. Uh, and finally, big 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 announcement, right, Zach? Uh, the original voice actor. Yeah, gonna write. He has decided um, that he's going to come back and reprise his role, which I think is fantastic. Because a very good I, idea. To be fair. I actually really liked him in uh, in Dead Space Two and Three. I there was a lot of people that gave Isaac Isaac's like voice acting flack. To be fair, but I think he played a character quite well. Yeah, so do I. I mean, you know, like there is there is nothing more satisfying than you know you're playing Dead Space Two, and if you repeatedly hit the stomp button on a, on an enemy, he's just like fuck you. You know, he just like he goes <laughs> absolutely, he goes ham. Yeah, with that voice acting. Yeah, I, I think he voices Isaac really well. To be fair, I think, think yeah. he he portrays exactly the kind of character Isaac is. You know. Yeah, because you, you've got to think by especially like by the third one as well. He's seen everything. He's he's just he's done it all. You know, he's done a pretty he shit is. life as well. Yeah, like, <laughs> like like his time in Dead Space is pretty bad. Like one, the storyline for one is pretty harrowing and pretty bad. Two doesn't really get much better for him at all. You know, he, yeah, it, it's not it's not good for our boy Isaac by the end of the you know, yeah. By the third he's, game, he's got he's got the same run of luck as John Wick at this point. So you know, he's, he's pretty he's bad. Just yeah, kind of like yeah, by by the third installment, he's just had enough. He's just like that's it now. I've I am I'm going in. I'm he's going also in a jaded motherfucker. Any by that point, that's the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's it. Like he, there, there is nothing that can scare that man anymore. He's seen everything. He's a he beast modes it, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, big beast mode. So I, I'm keen <laughs> to see how Gunnar Wright's going to come back now and uh, voice a, uh, a, a, you know, voice a, you know a younger Isaac and a Isaac, Isaac has seen yeah. all of that. Brand, brand new Isaac. Yeah. So you know, being able to have this character and him play that through brand new eyes again, that's going to be really good. I It'd think. be interesting to see what he does with it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I mean, they did say that Isaac would, would have some rules to how he spoke in the new game in that he would speak when he's spoken to you this time instead of just not saying anything. Uh, and he would speak when the situation would make sense to speak. Yeah. Um, so they're not just going to whack dialogue in everywhere, which, which is good. 
because uh, obviously in the first game he basically is a mute, right? He doesn't speak at all. Yeah, ever. literally, all you um, get are, are just a few a few grunts when he like stomps on something or yeah. like screams if he's getting hit. <laughs> That's pretty much it, right? Which is wild to think because um, doing the storyline of the first one is actually really good. Yeah, um, and emotionally is quite invested for Isaac's character as well. So it's very weird that they never had that kind of. He, he is he is a great example um, of a of a, um, a of a character with very little kind of personality betrayed actually shown well i mean he's the silent protagonist he is the silent protagonist but it's done in such a way that you do like as you said you've got that attachment that emotional investment 100 percent, yeah like the storyline you get hit with in the first game is pretty raw and and savage and even for isaac to not really say a word you still kind of convey that feeling that he's feeling when you play it yeah you're there on the other side of the screen and you know you're filling in the blanks for that guy you know basically yeah no there is just ridiculous hopelessness which is a theme that runs through the first game quite a lot you know and it has has presented Isaac's character quite quite heavily um uh, and unlike certain silent-ish protagonists he actually has a face yeah yeah it's 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 um hidden behind a helmet but you do get to see it every time quite a lot you do see it and it does appear in cutscenes as well I um, see. I wasn't going to bring up Ethan Winters, but you, um, you know, you, you've um, you've you set out to trigger me now. Call, haven't you? call out Ethan Winters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw back to the very first episode of the podcast. <laughs> well, we, we are self-referencing a lot in this episode. Plug. You got to plug the previous episodes, man. <laughs> Look, we don't need to plug. They're already here listening to us. <laughs> we've done our job. But, but yeah, I guess the idea, the new Dead Space remake is shaped up to be something really, really, really tasty. Um, it's definitely something I'm going to jump into 100% when it comes out. I cannot wait for it. Yeah, I, I'm super excited, and I and I hope that um, I hope that this this is the start of something wonderful. You know, um, even I really, if, I really know, hope even it does if bring just, back the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, even if it is just a remake of the three that we've got, that that's okay. But what I'm really hoping for is that they see just the error of their ways, just how wrong they were about that the first time. And that they really do consider bringing this back for a fourth installment. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, nowadays, right? There's there's such a push for single player games anyway, and and I think studios now know this, and I think EA now knows this as well uh, with their work on the Star Wars franchise. So I think they're definitely more receptive to those games. Um, you know, here's to hoping they just follow through with that. Absolutely, and, and we yeah. get more Dead Space again. You know, because the franchise is fantastic, uh, and it definitely deserves to still be relevant in 2021 in modern consoles on modern consoles. I say, you know, this this is promising, and it kind of gives me hope that the good old days—they're not just behind us now. They are, you know, we've got something to look forward to. The days will continue. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Um, so um, I think then that's yeah. a really, really great segue into in, into the next game. So I'll let you pick the next one. Next game. What a list to to pick from. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about this one. Um, I'm going to talk about Elden Ring now. Um, and Elden Ring is a is a is a big, big fucking deal if you like from, from software, uh, the company that make Dark Souls uh, and Bloodborne and whatnot, um, because mm. it is their next big game, uh, and they haven't released a, a big project since uh, Sekiro came out uh, a few years ago. Um, Sekiro is a great game, uh, if not immensely difficult. <laughs> I mean, you could you could say that about every game they make, though, right? Yeah, Sekiro was a funny one though because it completely fucking. 180 via the Soulsborne genre. Obviously, you know, uh, from software are credited for making the from the you know the, the Soulsborne genre basically, um, and kind of making it what it is today. And, and there's so many games that are now inspired by from software games. Um, when they made Sekiro, they kept those ideals in place, but they changed a lot about the game. Um, you know, things that you would do in Dark Souls and things that you would do in Bloodborne, you couldn't do in Sekiro because you get punished hard for it, uh, which is really ingenious. Fantastic game design. 
Yeah, it, it's also they've made it a lot more vertical, didn't they, with with Sekiro? Because oh yeah, you know you had the ability, you had that like ninja grapple hook thing, so you were able to you were you're able to get vertical, you know, get up high and survey the battlefield, and then come down hard on your your, your you know on your foes. Hundred mm, percent, yeah. They they had this this layer of verticality to the game, which changed up immensely. Uh, you know, the ability for the character to actually be agile and jump, um, because yeah. before then, uh, Dark Souls kind of aromatics there was none of that in the game like your character was like a, a snail in tar basically yeah That's how i, I mean, described you know, the you, first you could, dark souls um, game you could do you could do a couple of roly polies you could do a roll and a, and a jump and like a leap but that's literally it and that's and you can only really jump when you're sprinting anyway in that game you can't just hop on the spot basically yeah um, so adding that into sakara was a big deal for them because it obviously used the same dying engine. as well dying was a was a big yeah. issue I, I think in that one as well because it actually dying has consequences above just you losing some currency it's actually it affects the world around mm, you as in, well doesn't in it sakara it does yeah really interesting so like obviously in other dark souls and dark souls and bloodborne if you die you die you come back and you go again uh, and that's the meme and the the trope of the game in sakara that is still the same principle uh, but you do have the ability to resurrect yourself briefly as well which is really interesting and that's a whole whole different game mechanic um but but yeah, like like you said, Zach, the game actually does have story elements that are tied to you dying and and and, and the world changes around you when you die, which is quite interesting. Uh, and it incentivizes the use of that revival mechanic in the game. It's um it makes me wonder whether they're going to very much in the same way that they've they've brought forward um ideas from previous installments, whether they will instill that into the new game as well. I think they will. I definitely think they're gonna take some some sections in like for example, uh a lot wasn't known about Elden Ring for a very long time, other than it was going to be the next big From Software game, uh, and that George R. R. Martin, obviously the creator of Game of Thrones, was was helping to write the storyline for it and the world. I mean, that's uh, crazy, isn't game. it? That that's uh, that's big news. That's big, also big a reason news. why it was <laughs> why 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 people were saying it was never going to come out because obviously Game of Thrones, you know, still hasn't ended. The books haven't ended. Well, this this um, is what I mean. I imagine how many people are getting uh, a little bit antsy with the fact that he hasn't finished his own book series. But exactly, he's helping write this game. He came over to Japan and worked with Miyazaki <laughs> from From Software and and worked on uh, you know his new From Software game and established a whole world, a whole world building session he did with him. Yeah. Um, it is I'm, worth I'm, noting I'm that George R. Martin isn't actually doing any of the writing in game he was literally on board to to basically uh help craft the world of the game um the world of game setting um and and to be honest looking at the trailer we had so far uh and they did a 15 minutes of gameplay at gamescom as well uh and it looks really interesting it looks very very interesting it's very uh dark souls-esque still so it's very weird uh and the monster enemy design is very creepy uh it's very grim darky um except this time it's more of an actual open world Mm. which is i think the biggest thing about this game is, is going to be an actual kind of open world really rather than i guess segmented levels like dark souls was and bloodborne was yeah um and obviously those games have always been really weird because they they have been kind of open world games in a way but they take place in kind of segmented compartmentalized areas um, yeah. with really good and clean level design uh, whereas so, this um... one will have an actual open world map to go around yeah. So, do you, do you think that this one will flow a little bit more, like maybe maybe something more like Monster Hunter World or something like that? Potentially, I think I think more like um, Ghost of Tsushima and stuff like that. Those kind okay. of actual open world games. Um, uh, maybe even the Lord of Rings game. If I played that back in the day, the Shadows oh, of War one. Yeah. The, the um, um, I played Shadow of Mordor. I, ha- Mordor, I, have to, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't played Shadow of War yet. Yeah. Yeah. So those ones, basically that kind of world, I imagine it'll probably flow like that, to be honest, if I was going to mm. say like any kind of direct comparison. Okay. Um, yeah. But darks, more Dark Souls, obviously, so more kind of weird and, and grim darky. Um, yeah. 
we've seen some new abilities already shown off, like the ability to have a mount in that game. There's actually a mount you can ride, uh, and the mount can jump up cliffs and stuff like that. So, so the fact that they put a mount into it already kind of suggests a much bigger world with the yeah, yeah, you've got some distance to cover. Yeah, you've got some distance, and I imagine the movement controls will probably be more akin to Sekiro than Dark Souls, really. So yeah. more preformy rather than a bit more rigid. A little um, bit more agility and um, yeah, some you know, and it feel probably feels a little bit less clunky as well. Potentially, yeah. Obviously, Sakara had such a more freeform uh, control style than than Dark Souls or Bloodborne yeah. did. Um, Bloodborne kind of was a bit more like that as well. Obviously, not like Dark Souls, but I imagine it, it might mix the two. Maybe I think it probably maybe have an armor system in it as well uh, mm. and an actual weight system, so that might factor into it, like Dark Souls did. Um, weight obviously wasn't a thing in Sakara or wasn't a thing in Bloodborne either. Um, but I can definitely see them reusing that. Uh, yeah. The enemy design looks fantastic. It looks really, really good. Wait, I must admit, out of out of them all, the uh, it was Bloodborne. That was the one that, that gripped me the most. Mm. And I think it was probably because it was very Lovecraftian. I think I really, I I really connected to the to the universe that that. Blood, Bloodborne, uh, that Bloodborne sieves Lovecraftian horror. Yeah, it's oh, it like does. Intergalactic yeah. horror, horror, isn't it? Cosmic right? horror. Yeah, is um is just sieved in that game. It's all over the game, and 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 that forms a very big basis for the entire storyline for Bloodborne, um, which is really cool. Uh, and that's the same. I was I was exactly the same as you. To be fair, I played Bloodborne, um, and that was the one I first completed. I first went through, uh, and that kind of filled me with encouragement to go back and finish Dark Souls One because mm. like I ended up rage quitting Dark Souls One years ago when I first played it. Um, I cut to Adelondo after getting through Sen's Fortress, and I was just a beaten, haggard man. <laughs> at that point, I was playing this game, and I was like, "Man, this game is fucking hard, dude. <laughs> this game is difficult. I am dragging my ass through this." And I got to Adelondo. So happy to finally get through Sense Fortress. I was like, yes, if you played Dark Souls 1, you know what Sense Fortress is, and it's a fucking pain in the ass. Um, and I finally got to Adelondo, <clears throat> and it was so good. It was so good. And I was about to get to the first bonfire, and I got ambushed by a real-world player and killed, and I never went back to the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never went back to the game after that, um, until I finished Bloodborne, until I played Bloodborne, and I realized, you know what, I could totally play these games, and I actually really enjoyed Bloodborne, so fuck it, I'll go back and play Dark Souls. Yeah, And that, that's how it happened, and I think that's how my my love for from software games kind of got established fully. Yeah, definitely. And and it's a bit I imagine it was a bit of a system shock having to go back to the to the clunkier controls as well, right? Um that must have been quite bad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Especially for Dark Souls One. Dark Souls Three is yeah. really good because Dark Souls Three is has taken a lot of what Bloodborne had that made it really good and worked into it. So I think like for people who haven't played Dark Souls, Dark Souls Three is probably the most I think easiest to get into. It's not as clunky as Dark Souls 1 is at all. Uh, and it's a bit more visually nicer as well than Dark Souls 1. Um, but Dark Souls 1 still has a good place because it's very, it is very the OG game, you know. Um, for the trio, anyway. It's not actually the OG uh, Souls game. That has actually Demon Souls. Demon Souls, isn't yeah. it? The original Demon game. Souls has that honour um, of being the OG one. So the OG Demon Souls on PS3 is even more clunkier than Dark Souls 1. So imagine what that feels like. <laughs> mm. have, a, have a think what that feels like. So your your verdict on the new one then? Do you think this is this could potentially take the top spot as your favourite one? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm I'm very interested to play it. I'm, I'm I think I'm definitely going to play it on PC, um, which I've not done for a while or from software game. I played Dark Souls three on PC. Uh, I played Bloodborne on PS four, obviously, um, and played uh, Sekiro on PS four as well. Mm. Um, I'm going to pick this one on PC definitely. Um, I'm interested though because I'm not playing many open world kind of games at the moment. I still need to finish. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is a fucking fantastic game. I wholeheartedly recommend that game to anyone who has a PlayStation console. Um, it's phenomenal. Um, but this would probably be the first one maybe since that game. So I'm, in, I'm interested. I've not played an open world game for a while. 
Very interesting. But I um, wholeheartedly recommend anyone check out the, the trailer they put out uh, at E3 a few months ago, uh, and then the new one that came out. It came got very, very interesting stuff. Did um, What did you want to hit up next, Zach? What, what, what caught your eye, man? There was a I few think... that you were mentioning earlier, which uh, I haven't really seen much of. Yeah, I, I think on the subject of open world, I think we should definitely touch on Dying Light 2. Um, oh this yeah, one's, this yeah. one's been in the works for quite some time now, hasn't it? Was it? and it was also um, it was it was due to come out sooner, wasn't it? But it got delayed, uh, and then the, the date got taken off. It completely, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, this this is one that they've been. It's been in the pipeline for a while. I mean, you know, I don't know, don't know whether you've played the, the first Dying Light, but that was I, oh, I yeah, really yeah. I played the first one. Yeah, uh, really enjoyed. It was one of it, the first games I played with like my uni mates when I first went to uni. Yeah, um, because we got it and we played it cooperatively, and it was it was really fun. It was a really enjoyable game. I mean, the thing—the thing I loved about it is that it took it. It, they, it seemed like they took all of the feedback on board from Dead Island, and they just they 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 made good on it because Dead Island. I think that was just a that was a bit of a bum note that was in 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 gaming. Uh, it, it was it had all of the potential, and it just it never quite hit the mark. I just think it, it just it was no, just something Dead, off about Dead Island. Game. Didn't like I've always referred to. Um... Dying Light has the better Dead Island in every, oh, definitely. Yeah. pretty much every way, shape, and form. Really, it Dead is. Island had some really good ideas, but by God, was it just kind of flawed? Um, yeah, it just never hit, never stuck with me. With me Dead Island, and I always found issues with it. Um, I never liked how guns worked in that game either. No, the, gun, the guns weird. were just lackluster. Like I always opted for, for melee because it was just it yeah. was just better. The melee was the way forward. It had a really interesting idea. Dead Island did, but I don't know, man. It was just something about that game which never stuck. It just never stuck with me. I'd never. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, yeah, it, it just missed the mark, didn't it? Something but, about but, it just never sat right with me. Yeah, but I, I think it was it was an excellent stepping stone for them to move on to Dying Light. Now, now Dying Light is is excellent. It, it literally it did it, it hit the spot for me, for me. You know, the, the free running is really cool. The, the, the melee yeah, the controls feel really nice. The guns yeah. are good as well in that. A great deal um, of customization as well, isn't there, between weapons in that game? There is, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it's it's you it's you kind of you run and run of the mill kind of go here, fetch quest, this, that, and the other. Um, but the gameplay is interesting enough to keep you to keep you hooked. You know, there was actually um, a staggering amount of DLC that got released for Dying Light One, and, there was. and some of it was very fucking strange as well. Like they did a um, uh, they did a sort of like a turn the game into like a dark fantasy game at one point, um, which was kind of interesting and. The premise of a DLC is that your character gets sucked into a video game that's in an arcade machine in the world <laughs> of Dying Light, and the game he gets sucked into was apparently originally going to be a game that the studio were working on, yeah, but didn't go through with. And so they've, they just added it in, in the DLC. Yeah, and they've kind of they've kind of jerked it into Dying Light as a full DLC. It, it, it's, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Yeah, that that is mental. That reminds me a little bit of you remember in Call of Duty Black Ops when you had yeah. the um, the zombies mode, but there was that arcade variant of it. And um, every now and again, you had like the silverback gorilla would come in and like stomp everyone. Oh yeah, that's when zombies got hella confusing. Yeah, it got very very confusing. Um, but it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. But Dying Light Two, what they are doing is they are taking out again everything that they learned from the first game, and they're just they're, they're kicking that up to thirteen. They are absolutely just. It looks fantastic. The um, you know you've got your free running now. You've got the, um, the the grapple hook makes a return as well. Now you've got uh, base jumping, so you can use a parachute to jump off a skyscraper and just land safely using your parachute. Um, it, they, they've just yeah they've they've taken that and they and they are running with it now. They've also got this whole kind of choices matter thing that they've been 
that that's kind of been in the works for quite some time as well. So they are planning for you to be able to kind of like, because there are factions in the game as well. So you'll be able to pick sides. Um, you know, you, you'll be able to choose whether to, you know, to help one faction get the supplies or another. And that could vastly change not only the missions that are available to you following up from that, but also the way that the world begins to decay and build up and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, that would give you a, a lot of incentive to replay it as well, right? Definitely, yeah. Tons of replayability see, action right there. Yeah, you've got you've got a bit of a what if scenario then, where you're like, well, actually, I want to go back and see what that would change if I gave the supplies to this faction instead of that one. You know, it's it's, it's certainly very interesting. Yeah, the, the studio has done well with the first time. Like it, it had a very much a cult cult success. That game did. Um, obviously, people that like zombie games kind of flocked to it because it was uh, at one point and is still you know one of the tippy top zombie games. To be fair. It's a great co-op experience as well. You know? It's an incredibly fun cooperative, Yulia. Yeah. Incredibly fun. Yeah, as, as you said, obviously playing with your uni mates and that. And I, you know, I, I'm yeah. playing myself. I've played it with a group of friends as well. It was super, super and, enjoyable. Um, yeah, to go through the game with uh, with people and um, and 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 play with them and stuff like that. And it was fun to free up them and run around with them. You see them in game. It was a very well done game, hundred um, percent. And and yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this new one. I'm, I'm really excited for the new Dying Light because the yeah. second, last one was so good. As am I, you know, it, they, they've almost kind of like Mad Maxed it a little bit where you've got these kind of like almost like tribal um, groups that are kind of taking control of the city and, uh, you know, it's they're, they're almost like Mongol invaders, you know, where they're just like pillaging and sacking communities and yeah. stuff like that. So you've got like, on the one hand, you've got this very kind of like, yeah, as I've said that, you know, they've been kind of like um, Mongol invaders. And then you've got, on the other hand then, um, and I think, they're kind of like color coded as well, so like they're, they're kind of like the red faction, and then you've got this like blue faction. Yeah. They seem to be a little bit more kind of organized, almost like a resistance movement. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, it looks like there's there's a lot of moving parts in that game, and I think that that will be that'll be a really fun experience again to to get back on with some mates and. Mm. Um, yeah, I definitely want to check that one out for sure. It's a chunky horror game. Uh, visually, looks stunning as well. The lighting looks really nice in the trailer. Um, they showed for Gamescom. Like a lot yeah. of uh, evening kind of dusky lighting. The sun's going down. It's very golden. Um, I think it's really pretty in that trailer. That's it. We, we, we've come far from the uh, from the age of gaming where everything was basically just brown. <laughs> yeah, like Fallout, Fall, 3. Fallout 3 is just brown, yeah. to be fair. That, yeah. is, that was, at the time, that was the peak game color for Fallout 3. It was just, was just brown. Yeah, brown, bit of green. And, and I got a lot of love for Fallout 3. And Fallout 3 will definitely 100% be an episode in its own right eventually. That, uh, that on the podcast a game that's a game i'd like to see uh, a remake for i mean a remaster 100 dude i have been saying for a long time now uh hell of a long time that i would love to see bethesda whip out the bethesda uh, the fallout 3 remake yeah like you know fallout 4 slash 76 gameplay but with the fallout 3 story give me the, give would, me the fallout 3 i'm yeah. all over that give I'm me the fallout 3 give me the dlc for fallout 3 as well I'm there, oh yeah 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 100 yeah, like, you know, the Pit, uh, Mothership Zeta, all really, really great stories as well. I said this recently to a, to a friend at work who I was talking to about who, who's been playing through Fallout 4 for the first time um, and just saying like what I've kind of thought about Fallout 4. And and it was like, I quite enjoyed bits about Fallout 4, but there were some bits that just never stuck for me. And the DLC in Fallout 3 was was peak content. It was so good. The yeah. DLC for Fallout 4 like fell off pretty heavily and it just never kept me invested in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Coupled with the nuded fucking dialogue trees in Fallout 4 as well, which there was plenty of them. Um, and it, Fallout 4 was a bit of a strange game, but but Fallout 3 has a has a special place in my heart, that game does. Yeah, they, they, they took away a lot of the role-play elements of it, though, didn't they? You know, like... 100%, the, yeah. A lot because of the because you don't have skills in that, it was just the just the perks. Yeah, the perk cards. Um, 
yeah, you, you it, it lost a, an element of its role playing um, because it, because that's it. They did they lent in more towards the action side of the game rather than the actual you know you building a character and you role playing as that character having yeah. options that are unique because you have a certain science level or because your medicine is high enough. You know, they, 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 those were choices that were taken away, and I think that's why a lot of people they kind of revere New Vegas as being one of the one of the best Fallout games because there's a lot yeah, of role play a, options. A, in a that lot game. happens in New Vegas. Uh, yeah. a, lot, a lot got put into New Vegas as well, and that's probably more because of. Um, Bethesda not really doing a lot of the actual game themselves. It was Obsidian, wasn't it? Obsidian, it was Obsidian Games, it, yeah. Kind of took the helm on that. And I mean, that game, that game on you know when when, I, when I've played it and I've and I have enjoyed it, but it's a hot mess. You know, they had a very spell, limited yeah. they had a limited time schedule to get that game together. Yeah, the and the game was is, pushed out very quickly. Yeah, like they did they did remarkably well with the time scale that they had. They did incredibly well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a solid game for sure. It, Imagine what what that game could have been if they'd have had the full time scale that they needed to get that out. I mean, I mean, ironically, that right that that's sort of what we saw when um ah uh, what the Outer Worlds game came out. A few yeah. like a year ago, a few years yeah. ago, two years ago now, I can't remember when, because um, that was made by Obsidian uh, in the vein of Fallout um, and sort of held it as a love letter for Fallout. Uh, and I have actually played it, but <laughs> regrettably, I never finished it. All oh, right. Um, but it was fun, though. It, it bleeds Fallout, like it bleeds Fallout so much, um, but with a bit more actual sci-fi in it. Yeah. I, I, rather I mean, than you know, the dystopian world. With with Gamescom, obviously just just uh, you know been and gone. I'm, I'm wondering where Bethesda is. You know, I'm wondering what they're next. Yeah, to be fair, they did um they did QuakeCon like uh, a few weeks before Gamescom, uh, yeah. and they showed off things for like that. But that was more id software, really. Uh, and Bethesda get included in it a little bit, but not like hugely. Yeah, because they publish a lot um, of the games for them, don't they? Yeah, so they publish a lot of its games. So I'm curious when our next Elder, Elder Scrolls game or our next Fallout game. Yeah, will be. I don't because think seventy six. They they had they had a very rocky road with that. So seventy six is is had a bit of a resurgence now, and it, and it is getting played by people, which is good. Yeah, um, people are actually you know warming up to it now. I played it on release when it was in its worst state, and it was a fucking yeah slog of a game. Let me tell you, they that couldn't they couldn't give that game um, away. You know, it, it, it was it was bad when it first came out in, yeah. the, in the stores. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that they have kind of pulled that back. Yeah, and they have listened I, to the I personally haven't. Yeah, I've not really gone back to it since. Um, but from what I've seen, it has had a, a proper resurgence. Um, you know, I imagine in time they're going to hope it, it takes on the mythical uh, No Man's Sky journey and that it gets fully fully redeemed. You know, um, obviously, if you know anyone listening doesn't know what I mean by that, No Man's Sky was obviously a game that came out a while ago now, which which was very hyped up basically and had a lot wrong with it when it came out. Um, but it has since gone on to basically be a fantastic game. And essentially now it does everything the developers said it would when it was first announced and when yeah. it first came out. And a lot of games nowadays are referred to as having that No Man's Sky arc where it starts off as just being a universally hated game and goes on to be something really special. Uh, and I think I think the devs have a lot of pressure put on them to get their games released because they're worried that people are going to lose interest. But they release the game before it's ready. You know, There was, there was a lot that 76 had to do that hadn't been done in a fallout game before yeah um just adding direct to multiplayer would have been a challenge for them but but doing what they did with an entire server and everything like that that's a whole other animal whole other animal you know definitely um, yeah so there was a lot on the line for 76 there was a lot to definitely to you know but also a lot to gain as well because it let bethesda put a lot of new things in that they hadn't done before in a fallout game you know yeah um 
yeah, I don't know where the where the future franchise is going to be, but I'm very interested to find out. I would love to see a new Fallout game. I would love I mean, to see any, a remake of Fallout Three. Any excuse to return to that universe, I, I, I would happily take it. If totally, yeah. It's fantastic. It's definitely on my top ten list of like favorite favorite gaming worlds. You know, the world of Fallout is so good, um, riddled with satire and dystopian themes throughout. You know, oh, it's ace. Yeah, like, and if you've ever, if, if any of our listeners or, or or even yourself, if you've ever played the the original two fallout games they are so different you know because you've got that kind of isometric kind of strategy style all the combat is done in vats um but it, it's just honestly the the, the, the tongue-in-cheek satire is just absolutely fantastic it's woven with, with, with you know within every fiber of the game and and it is it's an absolute it, it's a it's a statement on society and and just just everything really mm. it, it, it points fun at everything and i love that Totally, hundred percent. Yeah, there's a, it's a game a that lot doesn't take itself too seriously, and it is it, it doesn't shy away from you know taking the piss out of people, which I, I I love. I think it's great. You know, you know everybody should be able to do that. Take the piss out of yourself and other people because it you know it's fun. <laughs> and, and also, if you love your alternate history, obviously it's a big alternate history. Oh because yeah, it does take place in you know alternative America, right? Yeah, that's it. You know, the kind of the branch point is the Second World War. So after the Second World War, they branch off into nuclear fusion and, and it kind of just escalates from there, really, doesn't it? Yeah, and you get this alternate world where, you know, the, the, the world kind of falls apart from nuclear war and, and everyone's forced on the ground. And, and if not, you look like a, a walking zombie. Yeah, yeah, the ghouls. The ghouls. <laughs> but, but moving on maybe to something a bit more cheerful and a bit more upbeat, let's talk about Lego. Oh, Lego! Let's talk about yes. Lego, oh, yeah, big we've big got, announcement. We've got the Skywalker saga on the horizon. The people. Skywalker saga, the the legendary Lego Star Wars series, which has been so consistent now in in game generations. It, it has been a staple, really, of many gaming generations. Yeah, um, since its inception on the PS2, the first Lego Star Wars game, um, and damn. What a series of games! The Lego Styles games are phenomenal games. They're so damn good. Fantastic. They're so good. They're so good. I I was I was very surprised um, when I was watching the trailer. They've got they've got voices. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, hang on a minute. They talk now. Yeah, they started like (laughs) some of the newer the newer like Lego ones started getting like voices in and a bit more voice actual stuff in. So now they're kind of porting that to to Lego Star Wars. I've got Um, a whole back catalogue of Lego games I still need to play. There are some Um, really good ones out there. I won't I won't like some of them. I want to get I want to play the Hobbit and the the Lord of the Rings ones. Some of them are a little bit a little bit mm, I won't lie. Um, but there are other really good ones, you know. I I think Star Wars still holds the candle for probably the best. Um because it just does so much well. Yeah. And there's so much tongue in cheek and really funny. Like Lego has this really funny sense of humor in their games. Um, that at times isn't actually childlike at all. It's actually kind of oh, adult. Yeah, absolutely, um, much in the same way that, like, say, you know, you're watching an ep- episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. There are just as many jokes in there for the adults as there's 100. percent Yeah, there's a lot of jokes that will not land on kids at all, but will totally land on adults. And it's you know phenomenal. The gameplay for the Lego Star Wars games has always been something that's been really fun and really accessible and i mean it did pave the way for a lot of lego games after that you know a lot of lego games precursor was that first foray which was lego star wars um yeah so to have the new next lego star wars coming out is really cool um and it's obviously going to have all of the old lego star wars in but it's also going to have the new star wars stuff in as well the brand new trilogy um which i'm not a massive fan of i will admit <laughs> no the, the new films i don't think the new films have been very good at all 
it, they, one thing I can say is that they've definitely given me an appreciation of the prequel trilogy. <laughs> they have definitely <laughs> done that, right? They have definitely made people like the prequels more. Yeah, I was like, we can't get worse than Jar Jar Binks, can we? And then, and then, and then that oh. sequel trilogy came out. I was like, ah, okay, I was wrong. Okay, <laughs> apologies, <laughs> George Lucas, apologies. Everyone was so wrong. But to be honest, I actually kind of always liked the prequels, apart from the second film. All the prequels were fine. The first one was dead good. Uh, the third one, one, <laughs> you know, we don't even have to talk about the third one, right? The only one oh, that Revenge kind of, of the Sith is legendary. Exactly. The only one that kind of irked me was the the second film, to be honest. Space politics. I just, I just can't watch the Naboo sequence anymore, man. I just can't do it. It's just, it's just awful. I can't watch Anakin just roll around on Naboo with with Padme and just. Oh, I'm I so in love. Sand. I hate sand. It's, it's so dry. Coarse. It's coarse. It gets under your fingernails. Oh, I wish I wasn't a Jedi. I wish I could just live with you forever. It's, uh, my mom's been captured by Tusken Raiders. It just, I don't who, who in their who in their right mind would choose true love over being a Jedi? The, the only thing that's redeemable about that film, yeah, and the only reason why you watch it is because you watch it for the ending with the Colosseum. That's the only way. You watch oh, it, that's it. amazing bit. Yeah, and and the ending uh, duel with Dooku is kind of good as well. Um, I kind of like. I, I I have to admit. You know, um, I like the bit when Kenobi goes to Kamino. That's also the, a good the, bit as well, yeah. The pursuit the with Django is pretty good as well. The pursuit of Django bit is kind of good as well. That, that is, it is, to be fair, it is mostly just that that section in Naboo, which is the shit part of that film. Yeah, but it's so horrendously bad. You just, yeah, it ruins the entire thing. <laughs> it's film, bad. It's just not great. <laughs> it's yeah. just not great the, the, at all, you know. The, I, the, the screenwriters, um, I just, I, I want to say, like, wow. Okay, <laughs> my dude. <laughs> I, I was like, you know, like fair enough. You know, uh, the you know they had to they had to get a bit of romance in there, you know, um, because you know love's a, a big motivator. But I just wish it was a little bit less cringy. Definitely, hundred percent, a little less cringe. So um, I know, I know for a fact that when we play this Skywalker saga, that they're going to do it in the best way possible to just take the nick oh, out yeah. of that. They, they probably will. They're, they're, I think there are definitely be a lot of tongue-in-cheek bits on that section for sure. Um, I can't remember what they did for the other games first because it's been so long since I played Lego Star Wars game. Because you obviously had uh, the first one came out, which was like one, two, and three, and then he did like a classic version, which is four, five, and six. Uh, and the last one I played was, I think, the combined one. Yeah, the that's complete the, one. The, the complete saga it was called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the last um, one I played. I'm pretty sure. Which that's was got one, yeah, two, that's three, got and four, five, six. six it's got the first six episodes. Yeah, um, and that that's actually a really good one. They they didn't talk back then. That's the one I've played probably the yeah. most of. But but um, there was funny like the cutscenes were still funny even if they didn't speak yes, right because they used yeah. to make little sounds and just act it out. Gestures. Like and, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, was a proper good one. So I'm interested so, to see what they can do. To be fair, with the new with the new stuff, maybe, thing maybe for I me, like it. Maybe yeah, I like big, the new big, stuff. Biggest thing for me is with the Skywalker saga. If they are looking to include as maybe a bit of DLC, if they can include some of the extended stuff as well, potentially some Mandalorian references or oh yeah, Bad that'd Batch, be good. That'd right? be I would good. love. I'd love to have Bad Batch as playable characters in the Lego universe. That would be amazing. Give me the Mandalorian puts in there. Give me also. Um... Oh man, give me give me some of a uh, Rogue One in there as well. Yeah, yeah, like I I would be absolutely happy, and I I would pay I I would have I would happily pay that pay that for DLC. Yeah, hundred percent. That would be a fantastic story. The Rogue you know? One story would be such a good one because I love the Rogue One story. 
Yeah, because because you know the thing is as well, even from a graphics perspective, you look you know it's a Lego game, but it looks clean. The environments are really good. I looking. mean, yeah, we, it is a modern game here, you know. But Lego games, thankfully, have always kind of kept relevant with the tech. You know, PBR and brand new lighting kind of styles have have featured in Lego games for a while now. A lot of the new ones have had it, and yeah, they they they've been keeping up the tech, which is good. They're not they're not in a tech deficit at all. They are currently whacking out you know fantastic looking Lego games. Um, that even over games are Lego. The, the environments still look really clean. Exactly. Um, they, they still have the graphic potential of being yeah. like a triple A game. Yeah, you know? and they're, they're, I think there's a lot of LEGO games that have that exact same vibe with them, um, you know, that look exactly the same as that, which is really cool. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm not not ashamed to admit it, kind of looking forward to it. Tempted, yeah, <laughs> I'm tempted. Uh, yeah. Another bit that got me as well, uh, before we switch off, you know, we, we stopped talking about this this wonderful little game, uh, is the galaxy map kind of view where you can just fly to galaxies in the game now. Yeah, sort you've, of like an open world got, map type yeah, thing. You've got a bit of a free roam element there where you can, you know, if you want to pop into Mos Eisley, go into the cantina it's and chop someone's cool, arm off. It's kind you of know, cool, you, really. You're up yourself. Like, surprisingly, yourself the Lego games have always had quite a lot of, um, uh, a lot of, uh, what's the word? Repayability, that's the word. Repayability. Yeah. Um, because you could always try levels again. There was challenge levels. You always wanted to Gold try and unlock, unlock all the characters kits. as well, right? Yeah. That was a big one. The characters were a big one. Um, and uh, and yeah, like like in this one, you could have this. I imagine those modes still exist, but now you have this potential. I can go to another planet and just fly in the open world. That's really cool. That's sort of like what my past self would have loved in the first Lego Star Wars game back in the day, you know? Yeah, yeah. So now now to be able to see it, you know, with modernized graphics and that, you know, the yeah. control schemes are going to be really clean. They've got a corner cover, so you know, it's like you're playing Gears of War, but in the Lego universe, which is kind of weird but also kind of cool yeah definitely so yeah that's definitely one i, I think to, uh, to to keep an eye out for 100 percent um speaking of um kind of breaking the mold a little bit you know um i i think probably a, another good one to to talk about now would probably be saints row uh yeah saints row that was a shock because i actually didn't see that coming at all neither did i i kind of thought that they were done with saints row if i was being completely honest with you um, but they've kind of decided to go down this remake route, which is um, which is interesting. You know, I, I don't. I've seen some comments for people where they've kind of like they've been a little bit like sort of why, um, but I don't necessarily hate that idea. You know, it's it, it's for, for some franchises they you know they do feel it's quite important to reinvent themselves. And, oh yeah, you know, Saints Row is one of those games that I think is versatile enough to be able to reinvent itself. Totally. And not it's, be an issue. Yeah, like Saints Row was always a strange one. I I ultimately I never really played the first two very much at all. I um I only really got involved in the franchise in the third one. Um and I saw the one that came out after that as well. Was it the fourth? Saints Row the fourth? Yeah, the, the fourth one was kind of weird um, though, because you had like superhero powers. Yeah, that one kind of got panned a little bit, didn't it? Um, it did a little bit, yeah. It was like Saints Row 3, but then they just like, they, they kicked it up another notch, you know? Because Saints Row 3 was a weird one, right? Because the first two Saints Row games, uh, for me, were basically just GTA clones, weren't they? Let's be honest. Like, kind of, yeah. GTA and, clones, and honestly, really, at their core. They weren't really that, like, I mean, Saints Row 2 was the one I probably played the more of, but like the like the driving controls were just ass yeah um, gameplay is <laughs> pretty clunky yeah you know? definitely i think something that can be attributed to the age of the game as well right the original saints row and the second saints row were were, were they ps early ps3 or ps2 well yeah i i mean i know they were like two and three I were think I'm xbox, of far cry xbox 360 ps3 era right yeah so you, you if you compare them to like gta 4 which was out at the same time 
you know, oh, yeah. GTA I mean, it, it couldn't like, hold the candle right to GTA, obviously. Exactly that, yes. They had to take it in a different direction. So they, they went for the more kind of outlandish, um, again, kind of tongue-in-cheek. That's probably why 3 uh, was approach. so fucking bizarre, though, wasn't it? Because 3 was yeah. such a weird game. It was, you know, like you haven't lived until you've until you've beaten some thugs to death with a with a, a, a giant purple dildo <laughs> baseball bat. The penetrator. Yeah, so like they went the they went all yeah. the way with that one, didn't the, they? they? The just, dubstep gun as well. Um, yeah. The the squid launcher, all of those just stupid weapons that found that, their way into just everything to do with that that Doctor Genki's game. Doctor Genki, yeah. The, the whole game was just full of like stereotypes. Gave the middle finger to everyone, really. That game did. It wasn't afraid to take the piss out of itself or anyone, really. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and, and it was it was just good fun. Yeah, yeah it was a good I, game. It was a solid game. I yeah. preferred Saints Row Three to GTA Four, if I'm being honest with really? you, just because I it, I just found it more enjoyable. It was more fun to play. Well, GTA Four, it, it doesn't take us that seriously at all, right? GTA yeah. Four was took the more realistic approach completely, right? And obviously, that's yeah. what heralded GTA Five and the success GTA Five has had. Um, but Four, yeah, Four was obviously the the precursor because it was the beginning of the modern GTA, wasn't it? Because before yeah. then we had San Andreas and that was it. And we had the old GTAs, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. That's not to say I didn't like GTA four, but I just, I found Saints Row three was easier to pick up and play. Yeah. I could see yeah. that. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. So that was, that was the kind of the fun for me. Now I haven't seen any gameplay um, for the, I, I think there is gameplay out there for you to watch for the yeah, new Saints I, Row. I don't think I've, I've clocked any gameplay yet either. Um, I've, I, watched I only the, watched the reveal trailer. Yeah. Yeah. The cinematic trailer. Um, and Which looked fun. It does. Yeah. It looks like they are, they, you know, they, they're trying to, they're trying to keep it up to date. They're going to, they're going to make it a bit more relevant. So, you know, the kind of the cast, they yeah. are, um, instead of being like your typical kind of like nineties gangsters that they were in, in the other saints row, it's a bit games. more modernized, isn't it? It's it's more modernized, yeah. So they're they, like they the have cool, you can you can still have your own character though as well, which is good. You can still customize your own character. Yeah, yeah, but they are. I, I think they are. They're trying to make it a little bit more relevant to the you know to the kind of the, the you know the, the youngsters of today, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. So there's a little bit more modern style in there, um, and I think they you know like because Saints Row has always been good for like the radio stations as well, in the same way that GTA was. Um, you know, you're going to have a lot of like modern music on there as well. You 100%, know, then. yeah, definitely. So they are they're going to they're going to try and keep it as current as they possibly can. It'll it'll be a little snapshot of um, the kind of the world as it is today, but through the kind of the rose tinted, crazy wacko glasses. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Is it going to be as crazy as Saints Row Three? I don't I don't know, but I'm interested to see where it goes for sure. I'm very curious to see what direction they go in and how how batshit they do go with it. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, on the subject of Saints Row as well, you even had um, like the the spin-off, like the Get Out of Hell, where it was literally like, um, where you played as Johnny Gat yeah. and you were, you were in hell. I remember and that one. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That one it? was kind of funky as well. So like they, they can go crazy if they want with it. And I think it'll Well, work. that was like, it dialed up to like 11, right? That was that was the craziness. And then some, you know. That was like Darksiders, but Saints Row. Yeah, Saints Row Darksiders. <laughs> yeah, so it was just, it was crazy. It was absolutely mental. So I think yeah, yeah. either way that they go with it, it'll work because Saints Row is that versatile. And it'll just be fun, you know. It'll just be a, a you know, good bit of fun, pick up and play, go and yeah. blow some cars up, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do in the game. And I think it will it will have something for everyone in there. Yeah, I think it's one to watch for sure. I'm definitely going to keep my eyes peeled on it, see where they go with it. I'll definitely want to see more. I think I'm going to find, actually, after we're done with this, I'm going to find the, uh, the gameplay and, uh, and have a watch myself. Yeah, yeah, definitely a good idea. 100%. 
Right. Next pick for you then, my friend. Oh, yeah. uh, a little one. Just a little one. Um, Outlast. Obviously. Ooh, the new Outlast, yeah. Outlast, yeah. It's multiplayer so we, as well, isn't it? We have not, yeah, we've not seen Outlast for a, a hot minute now, to be fair. Um, after, you know, 2 came out, the Red Barrel Studios, the, the team behind Outlast, kind of went a bit quiet, to be fair. Um, Outlast 2 didn't receive any uh, post-launch DLC like Outlast 1 did mm. um, or anything like that. Uh, it got ported to Switch, though, uh, rather successfully as well, might I add. Both the Outlast yeah. 1 uh, and Outlast 2 ports on Switch are really clean. 2 was very, very strange, though, wasn't it? It was, it was, was very weird, different yeah. to the first one. Um, you know, the first one being a little bit more scientifically grounded, you know, with that kind of like paranormal elements to it. Um, the second one was very, like, very mm. heavily themed in religion. Yeah. You, know, you had, like, the like father, what's his name from the first one? Uh, yes, there, there were religious themes in it. Father Martin, was it? Martin. Father, father Martin, Martin, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, you had those kind of like religious undertones in the first one, but the second one is heavily leaned into occultism. Yeah, occultism is a is a forefront yeah. for um you know for the for the for the second game, incredibly. Like you've got the 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 leader guy whose name I just cannot remember, um, and his uh, his religion uh, that he's established, and and you're kind of in in amongst those kind of lunatics and, and running around with them. Uh, so yeah, like you said, Zach, it does have a lot more of a, a religious grounding. Um, insanity yeah. is still present throughout uh, Outlast 1 and 2 and Outlast Trials looks like it's going to be exactly the same, that yeah, running theme insanity, insanity is just a matter of perspective though right exactly yeah, but obviously so... it weaved in more of that religious theme rather than a, a supernatural-esque horror do, do um, we know? Do we know whether it's going to be a little bit like? Because um, obviously, it's going to be multiplayer. Do we know yeah. whether it's going to be like somebody's going to be playing as a killer? And no, you know, no, not at all. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like a story business still, but you can play with a friend potentially. Okay. Um, from what so, I've so, picked you know, up on, anyway. Tackling those those scenarios where you know, because neither of you are going to have weapons as well. Ooh, yeah, that's wow, kind that's, of a, uh, that's an interesting um, point actually. It's a regular theme for Outlast for you to be kind of defenseless against the foes exactly, that you're yeah, kind that, of coming that, up that against. Is something that's actually come under fire a little bit um, because of the trailer. Uh, so not really weapons per se, uh, but they do show sort of a um, a pseudo crafting system in the trailer a little bit. Okay. Um, and one of the kind of inmates putting down like almost a stun mine type thing. Um, so there might be some kind of element of weaponry in this game, but I think they're still gonna. They're not gonna go lethal weaponry, obviously. Almost like a rudimentary kind of alien isolation style yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, probably like alien isolation styley, um, but with less of. Like, I don't think they're gonna go down the lethal weapons route. I no, think they're well, going. I, for I mean, you the, think you, you think with alien isolation, yeah. like any, anything that you can build isn't lethal to the alien, is it? It's purely a deterrent. Even yeah, the flamethrower yeah. is just a deterrent for that alien. So it makes me wonder whether they're going to kind of go down that route. So you're going to have, you know, this kind of like, you know, like a Chris Walker style, you know, kind of big nasty coming after you. Yeah. And you've got those I, kind I of think deterrents they're gonna, to scare him off. I think they're going to give the player more options than just running away this time. Um, but I think they're not going to go full of hand because I don't think lethal weapons would be a good mix for the game. Um but it, I welcome. Yeah, it, would, it would make the game unscary. Yeah, you know, it would. You, it would make the game less scary for sure. And I mean, imagine how different that first one would be if you walked in there with a double A twelve shotgun. <laughs> you know, hello Chris Walker. <laughs> hello May. Evening officer. <laughs> Morning officer. You've been rumbled. Boom. Both barrels <laughs> running in there, man. Yeah, that would that would make light work of the first game, hundred percent. 
Yeah, or a proton um, pack for that wall rider thing. Oh yeah, that'd be good. That that's been that'd be necessary for that. I'd, I'd yeah, have done that's that a crossover me. we need. Outlast slash Ghostbusters. Outlast is ex Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> but so so I think they've added some kind of crafting slash weapon element in the game. I'm interested. Um, like I said, I hope they stay away from the lethal kind of side of things and go more for for just the you know. Um, just the offensive, the defensive weapons, should I say? Yes. Uh, yeah. The trailer itself looks interesting. There's a lot of interesting things on display here. Um, the players play these kind of uh, what looks like inmates. Uh, the Murkov Corporation from the first game are getting involved again in this one, it seems. Um, and I think players will play inmates within the asylum in a way, okay. or maybe not the OG asylum, but in the another kind of asylum potentially. That's yeah. what it kind of looks like, anyway. Um, and got... and by, by, by the fact that you're actually able to craft, you know, and you're able to move around, it, it would indicate that perhaps, you know, the characters that you play aren't in there for legitimate reasons of actually being insane. Perhaps yeah, they're like yeah, probably not, yeah. political prisoners, you know, like they've, yeah. they've well, spoken it, out against the Murkoff it Corporation. It seems like they're trying to, they're experimenting with something on there, a la Aperture yeah. Science, basically. Um, they've, you know, these guys have got these like head pieces on, these headgears on, um, yeah. and they've got kind of the cameras uh, so you've also got the camera system is going to make a return again, but the cameras are sort of built into their faces, oh, um, okay. and and it's kind of welded onto their face or kind of on their face. They, ironically, they kind of look like the uh, the, the soldat enemies from Resident Evil Eight, <laughs> um, but but not the big ones like the mach- me machine ones, like the little zombies that come back with like the VR goggles on their face. Yeah, I remember the ones. Yeah, yeah, they look sort of like that, but they've got cameras on there as well. Um, yeah, the trailer is quite cryptic. It's, it's well worth watching. You honestly don't see too much, and you don't really get explained too much either. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where where the game's heading because it's a very interesting direction for the game. Um, I'm pretty sure you still can play it single player as well, um, but you have the option to play it co op now, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I think that's going to add a very very different element to the game for sure. I'm, I'm 100 going to try it out because I love the series. I love Outlast. You know, both one and two have provided me with hours of entertainment. They've been fantastic games. Um, and they've definitely been some of my favorite horror games. I think, but potentially of all time, they're up there. You know, with with the greats like Silent Hill two and whatnot. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely that the, the you know the first one with the uh, with the DLC, the whistleblower DLC, is fantastic. Augmented by that DLC, makes it a, the DLC a, a, is a potentially game. one it's of super. the best story driven DLCs I played for a game because it just. It just rounds those corners off perfectly, you know? It gives life to the main story, doesn't it? The ending of that last one was very jagged. It was very, very jagged. And I know when I finished it, I was a bit like, what? You know? (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Like, oh my, what? I can't, this is outrage. This is absolute outrage, you know? They can't end like this. There's so much, I don't know, what's going on? I need more explanation, you know? Yeah. What the fuck is going on here? Um, yeah, and you get all of those loose ends tied off with a prequel of all things. As everything well, you know? gets fixed in in the whistleblower deal. So yeah, literally everything gets fixed, and it it all becomes clear. And it's just so well put together and so well done. I was like, this is the one. You know, I was I was clapping. I was like, this is the DLC. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's an example of of what single player story driven DLC should be. You know, they should emulate that level that the whistleblower brought to that storyline because the DLC itself isn't even super long, right? But it just explains so much to the universe, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and two never had that, which was interesting because, because I thought that two might've had something similar to be honest, but it never did. Mm. 
which is which is weird because yeah, there was a, a few hangnail bits into which I feel like could have maybe been expanded a little bit more because two gets very weird towards the end of it. It gets very strange. Yeah, it, it it is especially when you've got those kind of like dream sequences where you're in the school. Oh, I ain't gonna lie, um, but the school bits did fucking shit me up something bad. Yeah, definitely. oh, oh man, the the one with yeah. the lockers where the lockers open and then the lights go out and then the lockers are open and banging and there's that fucking thing following mm. you. Oh, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I, I'd say on the, on the subject of um, kind of like schools and, and um, you know, kind of horror games as well. Um, it, it, this is kind of unrelated to, to Gamescom, but um, I, you know, uh, I play Phasmophobia as well quite a bit. You do. Yeah. Um, You're a Phasma, Phasma boy. Yeah, and um, that I've had a lot of fun with um, with friends on that. Yeah, and um, that's just had a an update recently, and they have completely revamped the game. It feels like a different game. We're still in early access, isn't it? It is, yeah. But they have, you know, it, the the way that the ghosts react. They've got new ghosts in there, really? new equipment. Oh, yeah, it's it's it plays so much better now because it. I have to admit, we've played it quite a lot, and it had become a bit stagnant. Yeah. So this was a bit of a breath of fresh air that we kind of needed. The ghosts were kind mm. of becoming a bit predictable and, and, and so on and so forth. So they've really mixed things up now. Yeah. That's, that's um, interesting, man. I'll be honest. It's actually a game I've never played still. Yeah. I still haven't played it. it. It's, it's manned by one, one debt, one, it, it's a one man dev. Yeah. That it's a very uh, a small scale in the operation. Um, but it's, it's very fun, and, but you wouldn't play it alone. Like playing it nah, alone, nah. It, it would have a very short shelf life. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a game you play with friends, friends, right? And you, Part of the enjoyment comes from you playing with your friends, yeah. And how your friends that, react to situations in the game, yeah. Because that, that at the end of the day, you want to tit around with your mates on that game. I just say definitely do. So yeah. if, it's if not if a single you, player game in the slightest. Yeah, if you can, if you can ever pick it up on sale, I would happily play that with you. Because I'm tempted. Yeah, really I've, I've been chatting to a few really people fun. recently who have also kind of tempted. So I feel like I might pick it up soon. To be honest, I've seen a lot of coverage on the uh, the new update you were speaking about then, um, and uh, it looks interesting for sure. The, the game it definitely, is, like you said, is that multiplayer experience right um but i'm interested yeah. i've heard a lot about it so i feel like i've got to check it out soon yeah i i would i definitely recommend it i uh i, I also kind of heard there was another game uh another ghost game that came out on steam a while ago um and i think that might have maybe prompted the phasmophobia dude to kind of get a gmail on a little bit and, yeah. and start doing more to it um i think it was called like ghost hunting corp or something like that yeah, I think I know the one you're um, talking about. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. saw that on Steam a little while ago, and I was hearing some kind of on some online, you know, threads and that on Reddit and stuff, and and people were kind of referring to that as maybe a better version um, mm. before this update came out of Phasmophobia, obviously. So I imagine maybe that's yeah. kind of what's prompted him to be like, oh, better go quick, better that's start it, yeah. pumping out the There's updates bit, again, you know. A bit of competition out there now. I, I think, you, you know, know, me me, me personally, because I mean, I've already bought a copy of Phasmophobia. I think I would just probably stick with that if I if I was being yeah. completely honest. Well, it it drives up, you know, uh, it drives up the, the the necessity to innovate on your design, right? And, and get the game and get the game out of early access because it's been in early access for a little bit now. From what I understand, it's it's, it's been a bit of a bit of a long, not not a super long one, but a little bit of a long one. But um, there were there were lots of devs out there, you know, that are small teams of like maybe one or you know three or four people, and um, you know some of them never see the light of day. So the fact that this is you know phasmophobia has had this success that it has already, it's massive. You yeah, know, it's, I, I it's actually... indie games are a very um, very very strange beast. You know, like I said, there's a lot of people that uh, that talk about the indie success stories, but not a lot of people talk about the indie failures, um, of which there are many. You know, many 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 failures. Um, in the indie game scene 
yeah, it's it's you know, it almost seems a little bit cutthroat, doesn't it? You know, it is how... definitely. Yeah, I mean, when you work with when you if it's just you or a very small dev team working on it with little funding and little to no support, it's it's very difficult. You know, the yeah. the sole reason why games like that come out on early access uh, is because money is needed to keep the game going. You know, yeah. um, so without people buying the game, the game costs like ten pound. Phasmophobia. You know, uh, if he's an independent dev, it's just him. Yeah, that's ten pounds straight to him. No one else. Well, and also Steam yeah. obviously takes a cut. But you know, what I mean, that's money. Some, some people in his also pocket. use the medium of like Patreon as well and Patreon works as well. That kind of stuff. Well. Yeah, Kickstarter. Those are, are obviously the, the methods for indie art, indie you know, games to get and see the light of day. Uh, early access is just another avenue like that, right? Um, but yeah, like I definitely think early access games shouldn't be avoided. I played quite a few games from early access on Steam, um, and I've had a lot of fun with them. Uh, Hunt Showdown was one that me and a, me and friends played ages ago when that game first came out, and no one knew about it. And it's been out of early access for a little while now, and it's quite it's quite popular. It's quite well done. Very but, popular, yeah, yeah. I've seen lots of people talking about it. Yeah, but me, me and my friends played it back in the day when it was an early access game. You know, not many people were playing it at all. Um, uh, Dying Light, uh, Dead by Daylight as well, kind of came out in that same vein as well. I, I've been playing yes. Dead by Daylight since it basically came out, and and the game back then is very different to what the game is now you know yeah and that's it sometimes it just takes people taking a chance on a game you, you have to take a chance to, yeah you have to take yeah. a chance in it 100 percent. to be fair that is this is a good point to actually mention another game um not games related but i found out about it the other day uh and i played the demo on steam and it was super enjoyable it was genuinely quite good i think you're quite like this one zach yeah okay have you heard of a game called cultic before cultic no cultic so um Coltic is a bit, bit of a weird one. It's a, it's a game, once again, made by a single dude. Just one dude's working on it. Um, and it is a uh, an FPS adventure kind of game. Uh, and it's a bit of a Wolfenstein Doom experience. Retro. Okay. Um, and it's made modern. It's made on Unity. Uh, but it's got this extremely old Doom art style. And it's all kind of... Stuff's a bit pixelated uh, and a bit kind of hand-drawn. But it's got good new PBR lighting in it as well. And it's very interesting. It's got a very similar visual style to Doom. Um, and you play as this kind of detective who who essentially just shoots, just starts like killing these cultists, basically. He wakes up in like, their facility after being <laughs> killed by them or almost being killed by them. And he just uh, extracts bloody vengeance on them. Um, <laughs> but it's got a really good soundtrack and it may be nostalgic as fuck. <laughs> uh, I definitely rate it. It's, there is a demo you can play on Steam for free. Um and the game, I think, is scheduled to come out either sometime this year or maybe late next start next year. Um, but like I said, it is being worked on by one dude, and it is really decent. I'll have to give that a look then. I'm, I'm going to send you a link. I'm going to send you a link to it because um, I don't think a lot of people know about it. I Actually, I, I, I failed to remember how I found out about it. I think it was from YouTube. I think it was from like a YouTube video, and it kind of auto-played onto it, and I was like, this is kind of interesting. What's, what's this about? Um, but yeah, I'll shoot you a link to it. It looks genuinely really, really interesting. Very um, nice. Yeah. I totally recommend anyone listening to check it out as well. If you like kind of uh, the old Wolfenstein uh, and like the first Doom game as well. Definitely do. Like the yeah. first Wolfenstein game back in the day is what I'm referring to. Wolfenstein three D. Rather yeah. than the new ones, yeah. That's basically the uh, that's basically the coat of paint on that game. Um <laughs> but with a modern engine obviously and, and you know more support for it. But it genuinely was really, really enjoyable. Hmm. I, I think I can segue quite nicely into uh, into another game uh, based on the fact that we're talking about old school style yeah, yeah. games. Um, Met- the Metroid franchise is getting another game on the Switch. It as well. is. This is quite a big uh, deal, isn't it? Because this is a game yeah. that's been teased for a hell of a long time, and um, at one point the uh, the new Metroid game was straight up flat out cancelled and redone again. There was a uh, 
a famous news article a little while ago now saying that they are just basically scrapping what they were doing and just starting starting from the beginning. Which, yeah, which um, which hit fans pretty hard who have you know wanted to do Metro game for so long now. Yeah, because there is there is a very diehard uh, fan base for Metroid. You know, much in the same way there is for Mega Man or you know any other kind of um, game from that period. Castlevania esque you know, games, right? Side scrolling, kind of shooting Metroid. Yeah, because I, I mean, Metroidvania is the uh, Metroidvania the, is an actual the genre, genre isn't now, it? Yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that that's that's cool. Um, they're, they're making a new one for the Switch now, and it is going to be play. It's it's going to play old school style. You know, you know, Metroid, it's going to be uh, dread, isn't it? Know, it is, yeah. So you're going to have that kind of side scrolling action again, um, but it's all with brand new graphics. Interesting. Um, I uh, I must admit, to be fair, I've really never played any of the Metroid games at all. I think the last one I played was, I think it was three. I mm. want to say. I I, I never really played them back in the day. I never really played the old ones. Emulator. You know, you know, you know, you've got the, the <laughs> yeah. NES and SNES emulators that you get when you subscribe to yeah. Nintendo Online. Yeah. Um, I, I've literally just played a Metroid game on there. Oh wow! Maybe I should um, check that I, out because I've got that. I might have a look. Yeah, there are some Metroid games on there, and I think as well. The, I think one of the mo- mo- the most popular ones was the one for the GameCube uh, Prime. Oh Metroid yeah, Prime. I, I do know that one. Yeah, I, I knew that about Prime quite back um, in the day. I think yeah. that's just because it was on the GameCube, right? And it had that element of modernism to it that people liked. Um, not everyone wants to play the old SNES games, right? Um, yeah, interesting. It'd be one to check out for me because I I know very little about Metroid. To be honest, my experience of Metroid mostly comes from playing Samus and Smash Bros. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, kind of. Very, I yeah, I am yeah, very my, ignorant. My exposure is limited as well. Yeah, but, I'm um, very ignorant and uh, and limited to the um the Metroid games. But I've always liked the art style, uh, and I've always had a great appreciation for the fan base because fan base are really really passionate about Metroid. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of love for Metroid up there. There, there is, yeah, you know, and it, it looks like there's, you know, kind of a, a mixture of uh, kind of sci-fi and um, there's almost like some some Egyptian. Uh, looking at the trailer, there's, there, it looked like there was some some Egyptian influence in Ooh, there as well. So I don't funky. know what it looks like. Yeah, so we've got space Egyptians, space Egyptians, and, uh, a bit of uh, is it Stargate? <laughs> Stargate, yeah, yeah Stargate uh, kind of vibes there. So yeah, interesting. So it, that, the trailer looks, looks good. Yeah, it looks clean. I mean, it's Nintendo first party game. On the Switch, what more do you need, right? It's, you know it's yeah, going to play really well. Nintendo seal on it, so yeah. you know. You know it's going to play well. You know it's going to play authentically. You know it's going to use the Switch as best as it can do, yeah? It's a first-party Nintendo game. That's all you have to yeah. say, really. You know you're going to get a high-quality product with this game. You know it's going to be good. Indeed. You know? And if not, then I guess I eat my hat <laughs> because I've yet to see a first-party Nintendo game that hasn't hasn't pleased fans in some way. Yeah. You know? Same as I've not really seen a Nintendo game be completely bugged to shitty as well. That kind of thing. You know it's going to play well. I'm wondering when they're going to, when when they're going to put the first Pikmin game onto the the, the Switch store. Yeah, Pikmin. <laughs> I, I thought it was recently because they did the new one, didn't they? Or the three? They've got Pikmin three on there. but yeah. I haven't seen the first one. On I mean, there I thought yet. that would have been the perfect time to to backdate it. To be honest, but yeah, they didn't do it. I mean, questionable you know, Nintendo standards. In Nintendo, if you're listening, I will I will drop hella dosh, big on, dosh. <laughs> I will I will I will fat stack on fat stack, um, fat racks. Yeah, <laughs> Zach will throw fat racks at his Switch to get those games. I, I long for for Pikmin. I mean, they, right? they might do them like they did to the uh, the Mario anniversary games, which I won't lie, I still think is a very weird marketing decision to do. Mm. Um, you know, obviously we did the remakes of '64 uh, yeah. and Sunshine and Galaxy One, didn't they, on the Switch? Yeah, um, and they were only on a switch for a year. You can't buy them on a switch now, by the way. They're That's gone. Strange. They're gone. They pulled them from the store on the anniversary of them coming out. They came out for a full year to celebrate the Mario anniversary, and now they're gone. You can't get them on there anymore. Oh, 
Yeah, you can't buy them. <laughs> Legitly. But why, though? <laughs> I guess it's that marketing strategy, right, to get people interested and to get as many people to buy it as they possibly Limited can. edition, right? But all it will do is just drive up piracy. Like, that's all it's going to do. It's just going to me more people will turn to piracy to play it, you know? I don't know if the game's got... I think the game's actually got a physical cartridge release, so you'll be able to find the carts around still, um, most likely. But obviously... If they, if, if they did get a physical release, because I think it did. Scalpers, mate. Scalpers are going to buy them all up. Well, not only that, there's going to be a limited supply of them anyway, right? So they're going to be expensive. And also, it is, once again, a first-party Nintendo game. It won't drop its price, ever. Yeah. It will never drop its price. Like I said, you can still buy Breath of the Wild, ladies and gentlemen, for the original price that it came out on the Switch to this day, pretty much, in shops. <laughs> it has not ever received a price drop. And I don't think it ever will. You can buy it on the, the, the Switch store and sometimes it gets discounted and if it does it's like 10% at most <laughs> or 15%. It will never lose its value ever. <laughs> and it's the same for a lot of first party Nintendo games. They just don't they just don't lose their value. It's a shame we can't like invest in games because I feel like that would be a sound I mean you totally could if you've still got some sealed old sealed Nintendo games lying around. Yeah. Like if you had a, a sealed copy of Pokemon Red or Blue or Yellow. Sealed in a box, that would fetch not, a fucking... Not sealed, mine, mine are well-worn. Yeah, exactly, played. that's but a shame. Those, yeah, Gen 1 Pokemon games, I've played them a shit ton. You know, hindsight fun. is a fucking wonderful thing, right? If I could go back in time, I probably would pick up a bunch of them in a store. But you think of the hundreds of hours of entertainment you've had out of those exactly, games. Exactly, like, yeah. That's, that's, that's worth mean, more, than, more than a price tag for me. Yeah, it's, it's worth a lot now, right? Because it's a peak collector's item, you know? Yeah. Back yeah. in those days when Pokemon Red and Blue came out, right? That was the first ever Pokemon game. That was the world's first exposure to Pokemon, right? Not everyone knew it was going to blow up and be a massive hit, right? So yeah. not everyone kept it. Old Pokemon cards are the same thing as well, dude, you know? Like, I know for a fact I had a, I had stacks and stacks of old Pokemon cards. I don't own fucking any of them now, <laughs> you know? And seeing how much some Pokemon cards go for nowadays, some old Pokemon cards, old booster boxes as well, and boosters. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> I could have been sat on money. See, you make me feel like a hoarder because yeah. I think I've still got like quite a lot of my Pokemon. I have a ton of, I have a ton of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Like I have a ton of Yu-Gi-Oh yeah, cards, yeah. but the Pokemon cards they've long gone. I don't know where they've ended up. Um, honestly, man, you should check them out. Check out the check out the quality of them because you might be sitting on a bit of money. The, the the best the best thing is the fact that I've still got the dual disc. Oh, the Yu-Gi-Oh dual disc that was so yeah. good, dude. <laughs> yeah, dual disc was, yeah, great. Was, was the was the only kid I knew that had that. The as dual well. disc was, was fire. I yeah. was such a nerd. Oh, right, the dual disc was so such good though. That was so meta. That just Every, made... everyone was there with those like free mats that you get in the deck boxes, yeah. and then there was me. I walked out with Fuck my dual, dual disc. Bro, they did. Yeah, they did two like... of them, didn't they? As well, you could get the you. Well, they did three of them actually, technically. Um, they did the OG Yugi one, yeah, and they did the Chaos one, didn't they? It was the OG Yugi one I had, yeah, and um, and then they did the GX one as well briefly, yeah, and uh, you know, like that, you know, absolutely, you could think right, I could have boxed, I could have had that box, and I could have sold that for for hella dosh, yeah. Imagine but, how much a dual disc goes for nowadays, yeah, like a lot. A yeah, sealed I, one I, for I collectors had, a, little, be I had a look a little while back, and yeah, uh, yeah they they are they're collectors' items now, but it's like. They're just too good. Like it was, it was too good to use it back in the day. Like I didn't want to just leave it in the box. You know, <laughs> yeah. I loved, I loved the game, and I was like, I'm going to use it. You know, this is why I got it. Yeah, I didn't get fair. it to be a collector's item. I got it because it's a toy. You know, it's something to be used and not just. And you can use box. it with your cards as well, which is really cool. Yeah, like, exactly. Was that not the sickest shit ever? Like that, that, that made it, it what it was. Right, you could, the fact you could actually use it for your fucking cards. It, it was it was worth it to see all them jaws hit the floor, you know, when you walked out with it. When you walked out, with and your... then and then all the pointing and laughing that followed. 
<laughs> it was um it was cracking i thought the duelist was a was a great <laughs> it was a it was a great addition to fucking the the Yu-Gi-Oh, you know uh the Yu-Gi-Oh um experience uh interestingly I, I was talking about this with a friend recently i can't remember what we got onto about it but uh, do you remember the original series of Yu-Gi-Oh? what they used before the dual discs um do you remember what they were i'm trying to think because i forgot about um, this and i remember are we talking like duelist kingdom yeah, season one yeah, right yeah didn't they have because the, they, they had like um they were on like i don't know i don't know how to explain it they, they had it like, like plimps a, didn't they basically it was like a cherry picker yeah, wasn't it they right? had like so plimps they were in, and chairs they were, they were on like a platform yeah. and they would like put it into like it was like a you know like a keyboard it was almost, like a game board in front of them but it was like a chair yeah. basically wasn't it yeah and I was like, you know what? Yeah, that was quite weird because a lot of people gave a lot of shit to the the later Yu Gi Oh franchise, which I did as well because it got weird as fuck. Um, when they're in the the motorcycle, the motorcycles one, like, yeah. And everyone I didn't understand that. that. I, I gave like, that shit as well. Fuck I was is like, this? this is weird. But at the same yeah. time, I was yeah. like, to be honest, if you remember the original series Yu Gi Oh, that was kind of strange as well. <laughs> mm. Having the big chairs with a massive playing field where you can just put put the cars down and the cars appear on the big playing field. That was a bit weird. Hands down, best episode, Dungeon Dice Monsters. Oh, Dungeon Dice was so good, dude. Yeah. And, and the that fact that that's an game, game well. that you can yeah. play as well. It got like, that's game. amazing. It, it never got picked up for like subsequent releases from what I understand. It had like a yeah. very short lifespan, but it did exist as an actual game. Yeah, you, you know the um, you know Tabletop Simulator? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can actually play Dungeon Dice <laughs> really? Monsters on that. Yeah, that's that's like, sick, to be fair. You, if you can imagine a board game or a card game, it's on there. It's insane. It is just the the you know build your own card game right. You can put anything on there. Oh, it's it's awesome. The, the the community is insanely great on that. Like they are, I like I'm not worthy for the amount of course. <laughs> it's stuff another one I want to add to my list. To be fair, of things that I've you know yet to really fully engross myself in. Tabletop Simulator is definitely one of those games for sure. Yeah, like like fully fully um, endorse that great great game definitely really really great like we like I, I play a lot of hero quest on there you know like the old um uh the the old games workshop uh hero quest game yeah board game yeah so i, I still play that to this day on there, and it's it's awesome it's great but um what game can we segue this into oh, yeah <laughs> I, mean, I was just having a little look for the list there's, there's still quite a lot and you know we're, we're already kind of running running top for time here but perhaps I mean, we're gonna have to do a part two you know maybe we do a part two yeah this, this has been quite good but uh, I, I think i want to shout out um just before we do wrap up really um and it wasn't shown at gamescom but i feel like it needs to be discussed yeah and that's the house of the dead remake for the switch oh yeah i'm excited <laughs> for that dude that was such a good good announcement I was like, yeah, man. The House of the Dead remake is something we've been needing for, for ages, you know. Um, and especially based on the old ones, because you had the new House of the didn't you? House of the Overkill that came out a while ago. Yeah, and, um, and I'm pretty sure. like, I never saw, um, I mean, not that you see a lot of arcade cabinets around these days, but I'm pretty sure that was only like a Japanese release. Oh, what, Overkill? Overkill, yeah. Oh, Overkill was a console game, wasn't it, basically? Was it Overkill? Was I'm pretty sure, yeah. Because because I'm pretty sure there are cabinets for it, but I'm I'm sure that the Overkill cabinets. Mm. Um, oh, if it got in a cabinet, yeah. No, no, not Overkill. I'm thinking of um, is it Scarlet Dawn? Yes, yes, that's that's the one. Scarlet Scar- Dawn. Yes. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yes, because yeah. that's the one that's, that's got the newest a one. Fucking ridiculous arcade cabinet from what I've seen online. Like the yeah, it's wild, crazy good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah o- that, Overkill that is... was the the stupid. Well, I say stupid one, but the one that was just basically satire the whole way through. Yeah, like a you lot had of swearing, a that. lot of swearing, and a lot of stupid moments, and a lot of commenting on the bosses and stuff like that. Like the yeah. game was hyper aware of itself. Um, yeah, and and the typing of the dead remake for it was really good. Typing as well. of the dead, yeah, yeah. If you want to learn how to touch type, genuinely quite a good way to touch type. 
not going to lie. And also, you can get some really good uh, DLC packs for Typhoon Good Dead as well that add like funny expressions in or swear words. That's my favorite one. <laughs> the swear word one is my favorite for sure. <laughs> and you can mix them as well. So you can have some, half of some, half of another one. Really funny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but this is going to be uh, a remake of the OG one, right? Or Hazard One. Yeah, and and honestly, like the, the the House of the Dead one, I have very fond memories of playing that. At the, so like, true, you know when you get like the, the carnivals would come uh, around, or like any time you go to the cinema, arcade, they have the yeah, arcade cabinet. Literally, I we we had this discussion, didn't we, when I uh, when I came back to see you a little while ago um, yes. about what game was it? The Ninja game. Yeah, Ninja Assault. Ninja Assault. I've still got my console copy of Ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. Yeah. When you showed me that game, mate, yeah, I was knocked on my ass with, re- with nostalgia. Feudal Japan, but with with wooden pistols wooden pistols ninjas of guns what the actual like, fuck was going on with that, that game that concept that concept was absolute pure acid i remember it playing amazing. it playing it on an arcade cabinet at the cinema as well and it was fucking fire that was peak that was the peak arcade times it was cinema yeah uh, in our hometown when we had the the ninja sort and we had uh sh- um, i was about to say show the dead <laughs> house of the dead and we had time crisis we had the full shebang didn't we all laid out one after the other, the definitive gun, you know, light gun experience games. Yeah, like they they, they were just constant, weren't they? You had House of the Dead, Time Crisis, Crisis Zone. Yeah, all those was, games. Um, Vampire Night was another Vampire great was one another as one, well. Yeah. It was such a peak time for arcade games, man. And House of the Dead was such a fire arcade game, especially when you played it at the arcade, right, as well. It's a game that has obviously transcended that now. You can buy the console versions of the games. Um, yes, but I think that experience of going to the arcade and playing it was something else entirely. You know, yeah, they're not they're not even particularly long games either because no, you know they're, they're just not. designed for you to like. Well, they're designed for you to play an arcade, isn't it? Yeah, to start. literally, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but um, there was some like, there was some kind of appeal to them. Like, I definitely would love to own physical house and arcade machine one day. That would be amazing. Yeah, you know, I I, I mean, you know, we're going to be able to. Um, because it's coming out for Switch, so we'll be able to, yes. to obviously play that in the living room and stuff. So like that. exciting! But I, I'm really hoping that there's some kind of like I would love it if they had if they brought an attachment out for it, proper light gun attachment for oh, the for this cool. for the Switch remote. Yeah, I don't know if there's which one has had any kind of um, gun attachments or anything like that. The the Wii obviously had tons of the gun Wii attachments. Had it. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 I mean there was every attachment under the sun for the yeah, Wii. Yeah, there was there, pistol right? ones. There was a there was like an assault rifle one. Uh, there was a uh, Fishing rod as well that existed. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I would be, I would be really happy if they said, "Do you know what? For House of the Dead, we're gonna, we're gonna make a pistol attachment for it." Would as well. be, that would be really proper cool. fire if that happened. To be fair, yeah, that would be genuinely really good. Yeah, because um, you know, obviously, I'd buy two as well. So yeah, <laughs> it's just, ah, oh, dude. Yeah, it's gonna be one to play. And like I said, it wasn't one that was that was shown off at Gamescom. It was shown off, um, I think, during E3. It was shown off back in April time. Um, and yeah, I think it just hit hit wow of a lot of people. You know, the the official trailer on on IGN's web uh, YouTube has, has garnered a lot of views, a lot of positive reactions. People are really impressed. People really want to see this game come out, and, and I do as well yeah. because it is just of a first Asted remade, um, and the voice acting still sounds kind of shit as well, which is perfect. That had that had to be kept. They can change the graphic, they can change the looks, they can change everything about the game except the voice Keep acting. The voice, the voice acting, acting yeah. has to be atrocious. And, oh, it's fucking terrible. The voice acting it won't is be so the same bad. Otherwise. In, yeah, in House of Dead. If you play House of Dead Two, yeah, damn, it's just the, it's the worst voice acting I've ever heard in a video game. But it's so funny 
just yeah. makes you laugh every time you play you, it. You've got to do me a do me a favor, my man, and you've got to go back and you've got to watch the original House of the Dead and House of the Dead Two on because on YouTube yeah. there's loads of playthroughs on there. Just mm. do yourself a favor, go back and. Watch I remember them. seeing one time when I was um, when I got back. I think I was drunk, <laughs> and I was watching in bed someone do like a long play of a of a yeah a House of the Dead, and it was surreal. <laughs> yeah, it's great, isn't it? Like it, it was proper um, cool though. House of the Dead 3 as well, because I had that. Um, I had a copy of that on original Xbox, um, of all things. So, like, yeah. that was actually quite good. That was, that was as House of the Dead's go, that was that was when it started to actually get kind of good. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, in uh, terms of, like, actually, like, semi-decent voice acting and, you know, the length of the games, it's quite a long game as well uh, in comparison to, the like, say, the first one. So there's yeah. a lot more content Free, in there. So, the third one had a, a, the sickest... Um... Uh, arcade machine as well with the shotguns was it the first it's one with the 12, didn't you? yeah, yeah. that's cool as fuck and that was Especially instead of shooting off the screen, screen we're just, you actually um, pumped the shotgun you pumped it, it was great. Yeah. great yeah great idea fucking fantastic idea for, a, for an arcade game yeah no, I love that that, really, was, that really was fantastic and then you had like later arcade cabinets like there's a lot of them now where they're it's the same gun it's like an M4 clone um, but you have like the Terminator Salvation one the Aliens one as well oh, right? I have seen and played the Alien one that one was really good yeah, that that's pretty cool. They, I mean, there's a, there's even a Halo one, like the Fireteam Raven um, expansion that they did for Master Chief Collection not long ago. Yeah, that's based on an arcade cabinet. Oh, really? Is it actually? Yeah. Oh. There's a Halo arcade cabinet, and Fireteam Raven are based on that. That's yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's astounding, and they're like Halo assault rifles. They're other light guns. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to be fair. Like, yeah, that they would carry cool. that over, you know? It's so cool! It's unbelievable. Yeah, definitely a lot of love for for arcade games and i think that's that 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 in itself could also be another future episode as well talking about arcade games um and the effect I arcade games that. have had on on the gaming industry in general because it is profound it is literally profound like it is it was from the evolution you know it started with games yeah. like street fighter and stuff like that and that's what made the jump to uh console gaming which largely was just arcade gaming and and it's also something that especially in england now you don't really see a lot of anymore there is. No, the, the the arcades now that I think they are literally restricted to the coastline, aren't they? Yeah, you know, it's, it's only much. really um, kind of seaside places that have arcades now because of like the piers and very stuff little like that. places nowadays. You can really go to find a good arcade now in England. Um, yeah. there, was, there used to be a few big ones in London. That's I think it's still around um, in some places, but in England, it's very much a dying breed of of, of entertainment. Um, it still dominates in Japan. Days. Yeah, bowling yeah. alleys. Uh, uh, you you know you can reliably go to a bowling alley and find arcades. Because I mean, that's the only place that's where you'll find me. Yeah. Like, if we go bowling, I won't be bowling. Yeah, I'll, I'll be playing, playing arcade, arcade games. Yeah, yeah definitely. Hundred percent. I've done that many times because that's the only place that has a decent arcade now. You know, um, apart from that, the arcades are just dying breed. Still yeah. very popular in the eastern countries like Japan and that. And there's still some places in America that also do it. But even in America, it's a dying breed as well. You know. Yeah, and it's so a shame because yeah. there is. There is, I think, a nice bit of nostalgia with an arcade. I, I think that was why, um, like, like Wreck-It Ralph, I think that's why that resonated so much with me, because I remember going to arcades as a kid now. I mean, that yeah, I think that film definitely you know? resonated with a lot of people for that, that regard. Yeah, not only was exactly. It, not only was it a very heavy video game cliche film, but an Easter eggy film, it, it had, yeah, it just, it just got you that nostalgia feeling, right, for arcades and stuff. Yeah, it, it did, because that's it. Like, we all... Um, you know, people, I, I think probably we were the last generation that really remember it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I might have my foot in my mouth and I might be completely wrong there. I mean, but, you know, I, I mean, we definitely, 
kind of we, we we didn't even get a lot of time with it. I feel either to be honest, we didn't because home consoles have had already like, you know been fully established at that point, right? And it, we yeah. weren't around during the time of the the inception of the arcade games and the inception of the arcade, right? Yeah, um, which has been wild. It would have been wild to be to to be the age I am now in that time, you know, to have uh, to have gone to just casually gone to the arcade, you know. Yeah, like I mean, if I could go back in time, I would have invested in arcade cabinets. I would have like yeah. a warehouse. And I'd oh, just I would love it. Yeah. Arcade cabinets. Yeah. I would have loved to. Uh, like I said, it would be a dream to own an arcade cabinet. To be fair, um, and to have that somewhere in my house, that would be so cool. That is the dream. And yeah, and you can buy them, but my god, I ain't gonna lie, some of them are pretty fucking expensive. Yeah, like I, I mean, there are like a lot of wealthy people that have them. Like, Price I know boys. there's um, there's a like a, I mean, back back in my when I used to watch wrestling and stuff like that, there's a yeah. guy called AJ Styles. I don't know whether you've ever heard of him. Yeah, yeah, Um, But, like, he is an avid video game collector, and he's got, like, lots of real rare stuff. Like, mm. I, I remember watching a video about him, like, doing a tour, and, and his basement is just filled with, like, arcade cabinets and Very jelly. Uh, old retro consoles. Yeah. And, um, yeah, absolutely, like, completely jealous. But, like, what a way to spend your wrestler's salary, yeah, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Fucking why not, right? That's such a good idea <laughs> to buy. Oh yeah, like I mean, great. if I had if I had, it came into a lot of money, I definitely think I'd purchase a fucking arcade cabinet or something like that. Oh mate, mate, and do you know do you know the one I get mm. over all other ones? Yeah. It would be Time Crisis Two. Really? Yeah, that's a good. Hundred percent. Time Crisis Two is an absolutely fantastic game. It's and solid. That man. would be the one. I'd 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 like I'd send a taxi up for your ass so you could come yeah, and, come down and play Time Crisis Two I, over the weekend. I think like, the only thing that would stop me from getting the Halstead one yet is storing it so I didn't shit myself in the middle of the night. Like like <laughs> imagine having it in your living room and walking down the stairs in the middle of the night, yeah, and you've got the fucking zombie cutouts on it. Yeah. Because they were yeah, creepy. Definitely. They were pretty creepy, man. Like some of the zombie cutouts. Zombie were, designs are good, aren't they? Yeah, yeah zombie even designs though, like you know, kind of basic in the first couple ones. Yeah. Like they're still good. They're still, still good, good and they're still kind of creepy. Like imagine having the big old big old arcade cabinet with a big old cardboard cutouts and that on top of your it was, yeah. it was the big guy in the dungarees with the chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, imagine just that, having like, him on the side. Like one of them had a big old creepy zombie face in the side as well. I think it was the fourth one. Just had a big old like sneering creepy zombie face in the side with like half his yeah. face ripped off. That was like proper creepy. Like imagine having that in your house walking downstairs. <laughs> fucking hell. It yeah, shit you up, baby. <laughs> Come down for a glass of milk and yeah, have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> have a corollary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, anyway. Um is there any any more you want to touch on before we uh we kind of um, I, I think I think we could probably rack it wrap it yeah, up for there because I, I reckon we've got enough content we can cover another episode. Yeah. Um so Definitely, I yeah. reckon what we'll do is uh, next week then we can um we can we can cover the rest of the announcements from Gamescom and also uh, there's a couple of other little yeah. a few items on the agenda. Yeah, I, th- I think there's more we can discuss definitely for for you guys listening. Like there like I said at the start there's been so many so much announcements at Gamescom uh last week it's crazy, you know. Um, yeah. I'm counting at least over like 40 odd titles that that got dropped or, or shown off at Gamescom, you know. So there's yeah. so much to cover. Yeah, you know, we we really can't go into it without going crazy and you know some exactly, mad two hour yeah. episode, right? About it. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, like I think even two hours would be ambitious. Yeah, even know? that would be ambitious. We're closing right? in on two hours as we exactly, speak, so. yeah, and <laughs> we're, we're still going. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, I think breaking it down into more bite-sized chunks might be the, the better option for for our audience. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope, obviously, that you've um, that you've all enjoyed um, our mad rambles on the uh, new up-and-coming games. More to come soon. Oh, definitely more to come. Yeah, and um, we're, we're looking forward to, uh, to to bringing you that content. All so right. Until next time. Yeah. Take care, everyone. All right, thanks, bye. See ya.